Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This week's episode of the Realest Podcast Ever is sponsored by Nothing But Furniture. It's nothing but furniture for all of your furniture needs, living room, dining room, bedroom, kids' room, and mattresses. Please follow at DJC Nice and nothing but furniture underscore on Instagram. Mention the realest podcast ever and receive a 10% discount on all your furniture needs. End tables, dining room tables, basement furniture, whatever you need. He got it delivered to your doorstep. So make sure that you follow nothing but furniture underscore on Instagram and at DJC Nice for all your furniture needs. And mention TRPE, get a 10% discount. What up, what up? Hello, world. Rose Podcast Ever, episode 28. Today is Sunday, July 16, 2017. We are here live from New Media Studios. This is your uh, your host, Chad, a.k.a. C. Diddy. <laughs> now you, Chad. You're funny. Uh, this is Matt, the Ron Ron of podcasting. The Ron Ron. Uh, Ron Artest or Ron Harper? A little bit of both, <laughs> Fuck. So set some solid picks, play defense. Ron Artest, <laughs> Ron DeVoe, and uh, <laughs> and Ron Harper. You know what I'm saying? Ron DeVoe. Matt makes me sick. <laughs> the most unappreciated man in the podcast. The most unappreciated <laughs> man on the planet Earth. Uh, man, we back, man. We got a special episode today. Um, got my family in the building. Um, my guys, Mayor and Steph from Dope Shows. Say what up to the people. What up? What up? What's going on? Um, uh, last show that we had with Dope Shows is one of our biggest... Uh, most downloaded and viewed shows of all time. Um, I don't have the specific numbers in front of me. I'm gonna make just pull the number uh, of how many downloads we got. It was at 20 like weeks ago. Yeah, so. a long time ago. And um, what was it? Maybe like six weeks ago, y'all was here. Yeah, it was right before the Raw show, or it was during that Raw show. Program. I'm thinking a number it was 18, I think. So Either was, 18 or 19. All right, so that was like nine weeks ago. Something like that. Yeah, because we haven't done no double episode, no double week. Episodes lately, we no been going, no no episode. No, like remember before in the beginning, sometimes we had two shows in a week and shit like that when shit came up. Oh, yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah. been doing that lately, so yeah. it's like if it was from eighteen to now, then it was just straight through. Yeah, so it's probably like eight nine weeks ago or something like that. And, they um, they still haven't downloaded thirteen. I'm still trying, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure they like, out. Nope, skip over that <laughs> yeah, one. I'm still trying to figure Scooter, out. Scooter, skip over that I'm one. Still trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> that you know. shit is just like a free show, man. No. <laughs> Justice well, like, should we delete it? <laughs> what's crazy is that's our highest viewed show on YouTube, though. Is it? Yeah. That's because people can't hear it. People <laughs> <laughs> not checking it out on the podcast. We just going to go to YouTube. Just going to go to YouTube watch this shit. Yeah, I seen that the other day. I'm like, damn, this show is it's huge on YouTube. <laughs> Bunch of comments and everything. I'm like, I don't know what happened with iTunes. Like, they just Yo, dropped a ball man, that week. That's funny as shit, man. Well, uh, we got a milestone to celebrate this week. We got the uh, we got the champagne out. Uh, you know, our dope shows guys brought us a bottle of champagne. Celebrate five hundred thousand downloads yeah, uh, to like date in six months. Yeah. Um, shit, man, we we never expected this. Like when we was starting off, Matt probably was like, "Yo, Matt was like, yo, I'm good with like 500, 700 downloads a show." No, nah, I wanted a race. <laughs> so I, I was on until like we need five hundred thousand a week. But to hit five hundred is is dope. Uh, you know, it's. It's an accomplishment, but you know, keep pushing. We going for we on the road to a milli, man. Yeah. So it's like, all right, we we did the first uh, five hundred in six months. We trying to do the next five hundred in four months. Um, our view viewership and all that is up from April first to now. So our averages is carrying higher. So we should be able to cut the time a little bit, and um, 
We got some bigger shows. Episode 16, 20,940 downloads, second most for a single episode on the channel. So y'all, a big chunk of that uh, at 500. Migos for President is just like yeah, another stratosphere. It's somewhere else. <laughs> Migos for President is like 280,000 downloads or some <laughs> shit like that. Like, yeah, we wasn't we wasn't playing about our episode. I was, <laughs> I was getting people grandmoms, man. Check me out on the podcast, <laughs> man. Go ahead and listen to that. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. We got business cards now. We're we professional now. Shout out to our team from uh, from Brand Dilly uh, Marketing in North Carolina. Did the uh, TRPE banner yeah. in the... Uh, in the business cards, if y'all you know need to get any business done, holler at me. I give y'all their personal contact. Try to make sure I get our kickback for the show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ain't no free work popping off. Uh, but yeah, five hundred thousand downloads, man. Big accomplishment. We celebrated that on Instagram yesterday. Um, we're in forty-one states now. Shout out to New Hampshire. Um, we're in seventy-one countries now and banned in twenty-one countries because apparently I keep talking uh, shit on this mic that's getting us banned from more and more places. Every week. So uh, out of the approximate 196 countries or whatever, we're uh, either banned or featured in uh, 92 of them. Yeah. We got 100 some odd to go. Yeah. It's good luck getting been banned some more. It's definitely your fault. I definitely was like, yeah, it's not, it can't be me. <laughs> so today, we, uh, we'll we pop the champagne at some point. But uh, first and foremost, we got the return of uh, Dope Shows. Y'all put a lot of work in since y'all been here. Um, the last time, uh, two shows in the two more shows was in the books. Another one coming up. Um, what's going on, fellas? So, August 11th, Friday, we have Jeezy, PNB Rock, YBS Scola in Baltimore. Um, Philly is only about uh, hour job. and a half drive down. Um, it's actually on the harbor, on the waterfront. Beautiful c- scenery. A lot of hotels down there for our Philly folks that want to come down. Um, and, I mean, that's the show that we focused on right now. It's a step above for us. Um, the first venues that we were doing for the first three shows were 2,500 people venues. Mm-hmm. This venue is roughly 5,000 people. So, step above. Um, that's what we plan to do, just keep stepping it up. You, you said it's Jeezy, P&B Rock. And YBS Scola. And who else? YBS Scola. No, no, you didn't you say another name? No, oh, I thought you said somebody else. And uh, uh, my guy Black Pop be opening yeah, up from Philly. Right, definitely. And it's a seated venue. It's not like uh, standing room only. So it's okay. It's, it's it's a little bit of standing room, like for the lawn seats, but everything else is seats. So that's like more about people don't really sit down at concerts. They yeah. don't, but they like the option too. Yeah. Because they get tired if people yeah. take too long. Especially if you got a longer show. Yeah. This show, y'all got more uh, acts yeah. than y'all right. prior shows. Mm-hmm. So that's where the seats start to come in, where it's like you got intermissions and like set changes and like shit like that. Right. So uh, y'all just announced PNB Rock this week, right? Right. Just added PNB Rock. Um, we had talked behind the scenes about another artist. We're not going to say who, but we had talked behind the scenes about another artist. How did y'all come to the decision on PNB Rock as opposed to the other act that we talked about? Um, I mean, me and Steph, we always, like, especially when we was traveling back and forth to Boston, we were always, like, just listening to music in the car. Yeah. Um, we would always say, like, this artist, that artist, that we, like, we, we want to get our hands on this artist, or we were looking to do this. So, early on, like, maybe after the Fab show, we we was in talks with P&B Rock um, about doing some sort of, like, tour. So, he was, he was somebody that was initially like, all right, when we get the opportunity, we really going to move forward with doing yeah. something with him when the tour didn't work out. Um, so, f- 
from that point, it was like when we we went to when we initially went to and it, this go into like things that we've learned from the last time we was here to now. When you go when you look at an artist like say in Jeezy's case, we we look at Jeezy, they tell us exactly how much Jeezy wants, but that price can stagger based off of how what type of market you taking the artist into. So when we asked, we initially asked for Jeezy, it wasn't, we didn't have a specific market that we wanted to take him to. Yeah, we didn't just know, wanted like, Jeezy, period. Yeah, we wanted Jeezy. Or we wanted a bigger name artist that didn't that didn't necessarily work out, that pan out at that time. So once we, we were supposed to take a bigger name artist into Charlotte. Once we couldn't take that artist into Charlotte, we then was like, all right, we going to then rock, we going to then go with Jeezy. We got that number on Jeezy, but then when we then decided to take him into Baltimore, we then found out that, Baltimore is Jeezy's third market. So gotcha. he actually charges more when he goes into Baltimore because it's almost like a guaranteed sellout when he show up in Baltimore. Okay. So initially, on Steph and when it's like we crunching all the numbers, we wanted three artists, but we was kind of like, all right, when we got the upcharge on Jeezy for it being his third biggest market, we was like, all right, we need to be solidified with this third artist because YBS Gola the same way. I'm listening to Shining. I'm seeing how... People reacting to it, I kept saying like, I we we really need to do him at some point, like we need to right. get our hands on YBS Scola. So when we ended up taking Jeezy into Baltimore, it only made sense to say like, all right, he, YBS Scola, he's from Baltimore, he's super popping out there. It's like, all right, we gonna add him. But the third artist, we was more or less like, we gonna go to Baltimore and we gonna start to fill it out, to figure out exactly who makes sense for us to add. And when we first got out there. We was hearing like this one artist in particular that everybody was kind of playing and was hype about and excited about, and we started going through the logistics with trying to solidify that, um, and kind of, kind of had some like backdoor things that we kind of learning um, that didn't work out in our favor. So then at that point we then was like, you know what? Like we've been talking about PNB Rock. Every club we go into, he's super popping out here as well. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Well, it just made sense. We reached out to his management and then we was able to get the deal done. And it makes sense for us too because it's like when we out there, we're from Philly. So it's like people always gravitate towards that. So that it really made us feel like, you know, that was the perfect decision. Right. We're putting our city on even more by adding one of the biggest artists from the city right now to a show that we got out of town. So yeah. that's pretty much how the PNB Rock situation came about. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, it's a good time for PNB Rock. He got uh, one platinum record out now. Selfish just went platinum. Um, I think the record with Kodak is about to go platinum. His album is, like, streaming. He's doing, like, crazy streaming numbers right now. So mm-hmm. I think everything aligned itself, and, you know, it makes sense in doing, um, you know, and adding him to a show that was already on the uptick and now just kind of, like, using him to solidify it. Um, Unforgettable is a hit, too. Hopefully they could. We was talking to his manager about that. Yeah. Doing something with that song, getting it on iTunes, but that John is a hit. I don't yeah. know if you heard that. The, the remix that he did. Yeah. yeah, I listen to it every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, also that every day we lit. Like, that's yeah. Yeah. everywhere. You yeah. can't. When, we heard that a lot of times. I yeah, but to say, when we be in Baltimore, they playing that every five minutes on the radio there. Yeah. And so, the John with Kodak Black, they was playing a lot out there. Yeah. So, like, they, 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 they mess with that heavy. So, let's talk about what uh, transpired since the last show. Y'all had Ross in Philly. Y'all had uh, Fab and Kiss, Freddie vs. Jason in Boston. 
Talk about them two experiences, how they were similar, how they was different, and what y'all took away from them. Um, Fab and Fab and Jada in Boston was amazing. Um, it was a, it was a, pretty much a sellout. Um, the vibe was crazy. Um, it probably Philly was obviously is our, our hometown. It was crazy, but Boston was like it was like ravenous. Like those fans out there, they yeah. We had somebody ravenous. fell out. I'm gonna look yeah, that up. Somebody, <laughs> a, a lady fell out in the first row when uh, Kiss was rapping. Like just fell out. Like she was in church. Like she caught like the whole a la- like <laughs> how old of a lady. I couldn't see. Cause how you old said she was. lady. That's <laughs> Cause you it, said lady. She fell out. I don't know how old she was. I couldn't see how old she was, but I know some. She fell out, but she did get end up getting back up. Why does she like? On she some... was just touched by like. You know how kids <laughs> drop. It might have been one of them Jones. Like it's no. the. You know what I mean? One of them Jones. Yeah. And he just kiss go in on the performance tip. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. The lady fainted, and then yeah. kiss said like, "Yo, like <laughs> she was feeling it that like yeah. he probably paused yeah. in the show. Yeah. She got back up. The crowd started mm-hmm. clapping for yeah. her. Like like it was some yeah. basketball. If you yeah. injured, yeah. And you get back up, and the whole crowd go crazy. When I think of when I think of fans passing out, I instantly think of Michael Jackson. Right? Yeah. So you know what mentally came to my mind. Kiss with one of them shiny jackets <laughs> running with an army yeah. in another country. That that popped into my head. Because yeah. that just sounds insane yeah. that somebody would pass out at a Kiss concert. Plus, those intimate venues, it's like, you can feel it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why we like them. I mean, we trying to grow and so we could do bigger stuff. But, like, it's intimate. You feel the music. You feel it. You, like, right there. Everybody is part of it. So, she just felt it and... You know I mean? She went. She went. <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. Yeah. Um, for I, I think also with the Boston show, when it's a lot that go into doing a, a show in your hometown, it's like that you don't have to deal with when you on the road. Like I don't have people for you don't comps. have three hundred comps. Yeah, calling. like I don't have I don't got people at the back door trying to get backstage and all of those things. So when Fab and kissing them were in Philly. I feel like we weren't able to be as interactive with them. We was handling a million different things. Yeah. When we was in Boston, we was, like, sitting with them, talking, chilling, um, really just building. Kind of like a fun, two twofold funny story of, like, we had had uh, – we was working on another show for another city with them, and we had, like, some emails out that was still, that was still unanswered. And just even having those moments with Fab being backstage laughing, joking, and still being able to handle the business aspect of like, yo, tell your people to get back to us. And him being like, I'm on it. I'm on top right. of them because I see what y'all doing. Or having him say like, oh, I seen y'all just had Ross and Philly. Like, I'm I'm watching how y'all moving. Um, and then even to the point where like at some point we plan to do more shows, they basically put a hold on the show's – Freddie vs. Jason show until they actually release the music. Okay. So right now we already in talks with them about like doing something major with them once around they, the release and yeah, all that. Around the release. So and then the second show was Philly. Ross was well. Ross was before the yeah, fact show, but the, uh, the other show that we had was Ross Memorial Day weekend, and it was a success. I feel like it was a near sellout. It. It had its ups and downs. It was a it was a it was a roller coaster. It was a it was a heck of a learning experience for us as a company. Um, I think since then we've learned so many different revenue streams that are out there for what we are doing. Um, we also learned a lot about the business in terms of like walk ups. With our first show, we had with our first show we sold out like nine eight, yeah, yeah eight, like nine, nine days, days ahead, before. Yeah. 
So we didn't have to really think about the whole walk up aspect of concerts, and that was our that was our that was our first show. So for the second show, it was like we did the whole time with the promo. Live Nation was telling us more or less the people from the Fillmore was like, you know, you could depend on 200 walk-ups or you could depend on 300 walk-ups. But coming from a sellout, we was kind of like, no, this is our city. Like, we wanted to sell out. Yeah. So being honest, it was a – we did get to a near sellout, and it was, it was true of what they said, and now we do know that walk-ups is a real thing. Yeah. But it was being honest. For me, it was a little disheartening at first or the build-up to the show of like – I'm. I've been talking to people for two, three weeks about the show, and now on the day of, I'm I'm running around and right. I'm doing all of this stuff to yeah. try to make sure that we can hit the sellout point. So we, we might have had like what, like five, six hundred walkups at the the raw for the raw show. The raw show was a crazy with the walkups. And I remember telling, I remember calling Chad yeah. that day and was kind of like, "Yo, I just was having a conversation with somebody from Live Nation. And they was telling me like we could be good." For 300, 400 walk-ups. And I'm just like, that don't make sense to me. Like, I think in 2017, nobody is walking up to a show getting yeah. a ticket. And, Chad, you was in agreement with yeah. me. Like, nah, they might be tripping. And then when we ended up doing, like, five, 600 walk-ups, it just opened our eyes. Like, you know what? Some, you you do got to listen to the people that, like, although the first show was a sellout and we may have our angle, is like we still students of the game. We still learning. Like the same way with Baltimore. Baltimore is a slower city in terms of purchasing, but everybody keeps saying like, "Yo, you could get eight to twelve hundred walk-ups in this city." That's crazy. Like people don't like people don't buy tickets initially. And Whole families get on the bus and don't have money. I've seen like <laughs> or anything can happen. Like literally, it just should, you should just don't make any logical sense when you sit back and you think about it. You like how right? Like how, like you it don't even like. You in your mind, like you, would not go to a concert you don't have a ticket of. Right. But I would at the very least know, like, the morning of where I'm going. Yeah. Like, even if if I'm BSing around buying a ticket, I would Mm -hmm. wake up that morning like, I know I'm going. Let me go online Mm -hmm. and buy a ticket. I'm not walking up to no box office to buy a ticket. And at the time (laughs) of the show. Mm -hmm. So we thought – I I thought we sold, like, because they – they shut down the online a few hours before the show. That's how they do it here in Philly. So, at, say like two hours before the show, people started hitting me like more yeah. or less like I can't get tickets or they're not available online. And the box office was saying like when I called them more, so like yo, did we sell out more on the excited tip? They like no, nah, not quite. But <laughs> <laughs> you can tell people to still walk up to the box office. We'll sell tickets up until an hour or two after the doors have opened. Oh, okay. and it's like that's a market, and that's something that we had to learn because we didn't go yeah. through that with our first show. So I think all in all, the the bumps that we went through with the raw show, it was the biggest learning experience that we had thus far. Yeah. Also, like like he was touching on the revenue streams, like. With the with the raw show, um, we didn't really, we wasn't like with the first show we wasn't thinking about it at all. The second show, not too much either. We were just giving people like free opportunities basically right. to get up there and do they they think. But out in Baltimore and like now, like we learned like we got what three four openers that's like gung ho about their opportunity to get on stage and and rock out and they willing to. Investing themselves for that, yeah, and we didn't know that in the beginning. As also, we had people play ball with us on um, sponsorship opportunities. We tried to do that in Philly. It was Philly a rough market yeah, for sponsorship. Yeah, like when I, when I when I when and and take the podcast out of it. Back yeah. to when um you remember when I did the show for Al at mm-hmm. Sigma Sound. 
we I had I hired a PR um mm-hmm. two months out and literally had her pounding the pavement going like door to door and making phone yeah. calls for sponsorship and nobody would give no money up. Yeah. Like everybody's like, Well, I'll give you product or I'm like, fuck product. Yeah. I got a real budget. Yeah. Like I'm mm-hmm. giving away five hundred movies. Mm-hmm. Like right. I don't want fuck your product. I don't mm-hmm. want no fucking watch with diamond mm-hmm. chips in it. Give me some money yeah. right. and I'll put your name on everything. Like right. I'll put your name in the movie if you want. Yeah. Nobody wanted to get no money yeah. yet, man. It's just like it's a rough place, man. As far as like doing business, man, you, like you it's really hard. You would think that it would be better here because Baltimore is way smaller than. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. Philly, but the Philly, the Philly mentality is so. Ugh, it, it's rough. It, it, it's it's a difficult. I I don't I don't I me we were just talking about it. shit you just can't make sense of. It's like it doesn't make any sense. We go out and you know we do this. Shit's clearly a success. Mm-hmm. Charting right. on iTunes, motherfuckers all over the world listen to this yeah. shit. And our biggest sponsors and all they come from other places. Yeah. Right. Like and I I talk to people daily who are here and got real life things that coincide with what we do and who we talk to. And it's like pulling teeth, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, it may, maybe you, maybe people just aren't. Success. I don't know. But we doesn't did, make sense. We had a couple though on our Philly show though. We had shout out to Milano and um, Crazy, Crazy Hands, hands. Uh, sitting pretty, sitting pretty, and a couple Shameless other people. <laughs> but definitely Milano and um, Crazy Hands. They they stepped up and they gave something, and we appreciate that to this day. So shout out to them if they listening. I think y'all said it on a previous show too. Philly got this mentality where like nothing is a big deal. Like everything is it's like, like everything is <laughs> like everything oh, is whatever. Small. <laughs> and I think uh. out of town, people don't have that same perception. Like when we walk into places, people treat us accordingly. They treat yeah. us like we bring in three major artists or we have done yeah. four shows in four months. I I feel like that's how it gets carried where we're here is like, all right, Ross gonna be at the Fillmore, this might be a hundred thousand dollar show. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's nothing else to do but like I'm gonna go to my neighborhood bar because that's gonna be more lit than that. Right. And I think that business owners sometimes know that, so they don't necessarily feel like they get the return yeah. on the investment. Where out of town, we had a sponsorship in in Baltimore that gave us like yeah. a nice situation right. and they was able to attach their name to the show we actually got two sponsorships in baltimore that that was that was major so i think that it, it helps their brand they see the vision um yeah. and i hope at some point like philly wake up in those yeah. regards what people got to understand to that specific point is that it's a give and a take from both parties as a business owner you're giving when you decide when y'all decide to do a show here y'all are giving something to the city as a whole to the Fillmore to the parking situation all of that y'all are giving something that y'all could easily take the South Carolina or take the Atlanta or take the whatever else so from the consumer aspect y'all they have to make that same investment into saying I want shit that's coming here to pop especially given by a local Philly based company. Like so the pe- the consumers have to invest in the nightlife aspect and the entertainment aspect as well or shit'll just stop coming here and it'll go where it makes sense where y'all know y'all can make money at. Exactly. So it was like out of y'all first 
four shows, two have been here in Philly, all with A-list artists. As consumers, y'all got to invest back. Y'all got to reinvest into that so that out of out of the next X amount of shows, they don't even feel like they need to go out of town and do shows because they know I'm going to get my money in Philly and it can grow to the point where y'all doing the shows at the Wells Fargo and not just Live Nation yeah, and right. not just AEG. And that's what people got to understand. If y'all want this shit to continue to happen, y'all got to spend y'all money at the mm-hmm. box office and pay for these things to continue to be a success. It's it's weird, man. It's like it's almost like people want to support but like, ah, ah. it's like a dollar on a string. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's it, it's like, so strange. Like uh, I don't know if you saw uh, that chick the other day with the whole uh Dubai thing. Like they calling L and I on her and all this crazy and she was on Instagram going off and it's just like people sickening, yo. Like straight up and down sickening when it comes to just supporting something yeah. or being for something. It's like, oh no, fuck that. And it don't even got, like, in that particular instance, like, whatever the fuck is going on up there, y'all wasn't doing nothing with that empty space anyway. Oh. Like, <laughs> why is it Why is it an issue? And I know for a fact, because I used to go in her restaurant a lot. Right. And I used to, I, 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 to myself, you know, I, I, I hate niggas. Right. I, used, I used to go in there and I'd be like, why are all these young niggas in here? But then hearing her like, yo, I employ 16 kids. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, she like, I don't have to, but I do that so they have something to do. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, like, people don't even understand certain situations. It's just like. Fuck that! I don't even, it, it, and that mentality. Fuck that! I'm tired of seeing it. Exactly, that mentality. It ain't bother me. It end. ain't impeding my progress. It ain't stopping me from getting where I need to go. But fuck that! I'm tired of it. You know, uh, corny niggas with salt and pepper beards. It's like, <laughs> yo, like motherfucker don't even listen to podcasts. Yeah. Oh, fuck that podcast. First, first y'all hanging out with motherfuckers y'all don't know, following them. Now y'all listening to their podcast. Y'all crazy. Like, what's crazy about that? You will listen to a motherfucker from L.A. or New York podcast. I listen to Tariq Nasheed. I listen. You will listen to Charlemagne and. Fucking live by every piece of advice he fucking give you, but Thinking. I'm less qualified because I'm from where you from. Yeah, I'm from two blocks down the street. <laughs> Fuck me. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> shit bad, man. It's, it's crazy. Sad, though. Shout, shout out to our sponsors in Baltimore, too. Dazzle Stores and... Um, give them our DTLR. email. DTLR. <laughs> DTLR. We, we, we heavy in DMV, so yeah. give them our email. Real talk. <laughs> so if y'all come to uh, Baltimore, y'all want to get some clothes on the urban side, go to Dazzle. Y'all want some sneakers, go to DTLR. They are peoples. They rocking with us. And they supporting the culture, yeah, exactly. man. Exactly. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, specific to, to the show shit and what y'all doing, how differently do y'all look at the game now versus when y'all started back in December, January? Um, I look at uh, – personally, I look at the game like we want to we wanna keep growing. And like I said, we started off the 2,500 people venues, but we want to start growing that cap. We want to get an arena in before the end of the year. So hopefully it's an arena. If it's not here, it'll be somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere like we've seen some arenas is like seventy five to 10,000. Yeah. Maybe all the way up to, yeah, yeah. Maybe all, all the way up to like 17,000, depending on what happens here. Like uh, what's it called over there in Jersey? Uh, uh, M&T Bank Pavilion now? Susquehanna. Yeah. Well, it used to be Susquehanna. Oh, it's, it's, it's like changed? M&T Bank Pavilion okay, now. Okay. Sure. That's an amphitheater. That's what yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah. Or maybe we could do the Wells Fargo here. We'll see. Going to the Beyonce concert kind of ruined me. It's like it was, <laughs> it was not, it was so good. Like yeah. the, the the production, the sound, even when Khaled was like, it was just a good ass show. Yeah. And it's just like the rap. It, it just I don't know what it is with me and the rappers. It's like. Like you gotta have a good ass show. Certain motherfuckers is gonna cheat you on the show aspect of it because they not gonna spend no money on a production. Like when I see people who like 
are big time Future fans, and they like, yeah, I love Future. I hate him in concert. It's like, huh? Yeah, I've seen Future uh, ten future. times in concert. He was terrible every time except one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, and I'm like amazing. a Future stand. He was terrible every time except the first time I seen him at Echo Stage. He killed it. But I saw him again at Echo Stage. Dry. I seen him in Vegas. Dry. I seen him in Philly. Dry. You ain't you you ain't seen him at this last one in uh, camp. It was in Camden. Yeah. When we went to that joint. Oh, the yeah. nobody safe joint. I didn't see that one. The yeah, last time I seen him was September with Drake in uh, Vegas, yeah. and Drake murdered it. And I was just like, Future has spirit dancers, and I was pissed. Yeah, he. I feel like he. Yeah, I feel like he got better. I mean, this last show was crazy, but you never know which which where you seeing him at. Yeah, I, I thought her show was phenomenal, and mind yeah. you, it was raining. That was what fucked me up the most. Yeah. About it was raining. She ain't slip. She ain't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. She didn't skip and out on was, no routine. Was, ain't skip out on nothing. Was tearing it the fuck up. And it was like, yo, I'm freezing cold. I got a poncho on, <laughs> boots soaked, but whatever. We, are, it, it's like you, you forgot what was going on because she was that good on stage. Yeah. And it's just like I, you, you see rappers now. It's like Busta Rhymes back in the day had like a crazy show. Even DMX, you know, it's like I, I, I halfway still want to see DMX. And y'all do that. Yeah. You know, put me. I, I'm gonna need a comp. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, because he X is just that. That energy is just insane. It's like I don't like a, a, these new dudes enough to want to sit through an hour and a half of whoever it is. You know what I mean? So, but I think that's where we come into play. At, and it go back to what Chad question was the things that we learned. Like we want each show to be an experience. We want people to come out, and it's like, yeah, you might you might not love Raw, so you might not be the diehard Raw's fan, but your favorite artists might be on it on the bill as well or like each show we had live paintings you might be in, you might love the artist that is painting tonight um just giving people different reasons to come up and giving them memorable experience like we already talking about now about having where like certain sections we're gonna give away like merch to or give away like gift bags so we're like you come and you end up leaving with something yeah. so that way is in your mind like the way you talked about the Beyonce show, like that's how I want people to talk about dope shows, experience wherever at in the world. Like the response we got from the Boston show, like people was hitting up DJ A Boogie afterwards. Like when you coming, when y'all coming back to Boston, or when when you gonna come back? And we want that to be the same case every show in the world. And I think that that's that's one thing that we learned is like it's not always gonna be about the artist. People don't always love. People are not gonna always love an artist show or right. some artists like for Chad perspective, Chad seen Future two ten times and feel like he may have not been good nine of the times. He may not be geeked up, but if you could sell him on all these other things that's going on in the venue that day, like he may be like, you know but what? Shit, let me the go thing check. about it is, I love Future so much, I'm coming knowing that he ain't shit. <laughs> hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. 
because the music is so powerful. Yeah. Right. So it's like I know the show. I know I'm coming expecting the show to stink, and I'm like, but he gonna perform, never gonna lose in motherfucking chosen one. I'm here for that. And maybe it's just because <laughs> rap is like you. It's so many intangibles that go into the artist. Like maybe he, you know, one of his baby moms is drawing, or right. he didn't have enough lean for the night. You know, it's just all kinds of stupid shit. They fucked the writer up. Yeah, that <laughs> goes into it. So you never know. It was always important to me to add stuff to our shows, though. That's why we did do like the video board stuff and like the interact. Like we got like a, a in-house VJ who runs the board. He create graphics for the board. Like our first show, I was like, we gotta have that because you know you you, you go to a hip hop show. It might be a curtain up and it might be a mic right. and guys <laughs> just going in. Yeah, that's but what like, I'm saying. You'd be like, lucky we, if it's we, a red curtain yeah, as opposed yeah, to black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we want the video board. We want to have some imaging up there because. It's, it turns us up a little bit. You know like, it's real live yeah. rap artists who concerts look like trap karaoke. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's really what it comes yeah. off like. So we we, do, we always try to do an investment in that, and this is going to be no different with this show. I also think, too, what you were saying, Matt, of, like, he might not have, his girl, his baby mom might have been tripping or the lean and all of that. It's a funny story from the other day. We was in we was in Baltimore, and it was a day that we was, like, we was battling this day. Like, we was, we was trying to, add on the last act like we had basically 48 hours where we was going through a million different mixed emotions like me and Steph <laughs> sitting in the car for five hours we ain't even talking to each other like we both hot and we was downtown we was uh we was on the harbor we had went to go get something to eat the whole time we not even talking like i'm thinking about what's the next best move for dope shows he thinking about what the, what's the next best move and it was it was all like the harbor be packed so it was like lunchtime. We down there, and everybody was just chipper. Like everybody was hyped. <laughs> they was excited, and like me and Steph looked at each other like, "Yo, if these don't calm down, like, like they just too." And it just was mentally what we was going through in that moment. Like we wasn't trying to hear nothing. Like a lady had asked, "Y'all drinking lean?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. I, I thought y'all was I'm both saying, like Sarah. Did y'all? I was like, "Wait, no, what? no, no." I'm saying like the ups and downs of this oh, game right. is like something that we also learn and where. This was a day where, like, back to what you were saying about how, like, artists be going through so much yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, you yeah, never yeah. really know. Like, a performance somewhere might not have been a best because whatever might have been going on. Like, that, and I just gave an example of that day. Like, we wasn't really for nothing. Like, we wasn't trying to talk to nobody. And that's just the, we starting to see the roller coasters of this entertainment industry. Yeah. So, but we we recruit everybody we see. Only person that we didn't see that I ha- that I haven't seen recently that we just booked was uh, Ross, but we seen Jeezy, we seen him here, we seen him here. Yeah, Jeezy performance is crazy. He, he, yeah, I mean, he's, anywhere he at, yeah. his performance. Now that's a person crazy. who I've never heard anything bad about he's, from a lot of different people. Yeah. People like, yeah, I like Jeezy's show. And we seen PNB Rock, who like surprisingly he. I seen him at the we seen him at the Meek show and I was like, damn, he killing it. He I had seen one him, leg. He was yeah, a little I seen pushing him. Jones, I seen him right? kill the uh, the core and friends show yeah. on the fucking scooter drone. Mm-hmm. He came out and did uh, the hook to too many years yeah. and they fucking lost it. I say, right. yo, they love this kid. Yeah, I'm like, like, this this he just came out and he didn't give a fuck that he was on a little kick thing, <laughs> <laughs> right? So and then we seen yeah, him we at the TLA. This kick. Yeah, we seen him at the TLA, TLA with a boogie. And he took over a boogie show. He was he so yeah, we like man he 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 got something so we didn't see we seen uh, YBS we went to his party out there this was after we booked him but we know his his song popping so and they good people to work with like we can yeah. call them for anything so we kind of grown with them 
So I think that's a good investment we made with them too. So. Yeah, it was funny when we was at the uh, Beyonce joint. You know, Khaled was the the right. opening act, and I'm like, damn, it's just Khaled and that like that. But he tore that fucking stadium. Yeah. I'm talking about he got to the point where he wasn't even playing. He was cutting on anything. Right. And people was just, he <laughs> cut on Nuck If You Buck. <laughs> and white people was jumping. I'm like, this ain't even his song. I mean, I'm the only one in the crowd right. hating. But it, it was a crazy ass yeah. setup. So it was, it was like, yeah, some people just like that. Like, they just can take over. Like, I kind of forgot I was there yeah. at, like, because Khaled just, you know, he went to the max yeah, with it. He's so. an amazing performer. Yeah. And, and another thing we forget is like, being in this, how cultural, like, our culture is, like, how it expands to all types yeah. of people. Like, you look out in the crowd, and you don't expect to see people at a Jada Kiss and a Fab yeah. show, but you see, like, all types of people. Yeah. Like, and you see all types of people at a Rick Ross show, and you and you hear about all types of people inquiring about tickets for Jeezy. It's like, our culture is powerful. And I yeah, I mean, gotta, I, I, we, we said gotta, that before. Like, yeah, I think, like, like hip-hop culture is pop culture. It's pop yeah. culture, yeah. It's yeah. not really a... Oh, that's hip hop anymore. Yeah. It's like that's mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah. you look at the bigger Caucasian artists of right. the day. Other than like Adele, they're yeah. all like are influenced mm-hmm. by hip hop. Yeah. You know, so Gwen Stefani, yeah. Miley Cyrus, like mm-hmm. all of them. So it's it's literally hip hop has become yeah the, the staple exactly. of what what it is in the world. And so Jimmy Iovine, he said like we probably gonna talk about this later, but Jimmy Iovine, he like a visionary. And he made like his biggest investment or his biggest like step with a hip hop yeah. guy. So uh, he, like that he, means something. He worked with yeah. uh what was it? Uh from the Beatles. Uh yeah. he worked with John Lennon from yeah. the Beatles, mm-hmm. but his biggest everything that he ever did involved Dr. Dre. Yeah. Every single top three of his and biggest Shug. moments in his not career. Shug. Fuck Shook. Yeah. Shook <laughs> fucked up a five hundred million dollar empire because he, he wanted to be a nigger. He, he, he had Shook playing football with the Kennedys. <laughs> yeah, I thought they, that they, was yeah, crazy. They came to Shook and crazy. said, Shook, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. This is how I want this it. How I yeah. want it like you was a square your whole life, mm-hmm. you played football and you was a big bitch, and then you got all this money and decided to be a gangster. You're a clown for that. I thought it was hilarious. Shook <laughs> told Dion Warwick, like, you the psychic. You <laughs> should have knew I was coming. Me coming. You want to talk about the Defiant ones since yeah, we went man. there? So, for those of you that haven't watched it, you cheating yourself. The Defiant ones aired. Uh, that or you don't have HBO. Yeah, the Defiant ones aired last week on HBO. It, 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 they they put out package. episodes one and two, but all four is available on demand. You can watch all four or whatever. Um, the Defiant Ones is just like some of the best television I've seen in a very, very long time. And um, even like to the way that it's written and edited, the way they, they cut around the story and starting with the uh, almost losing the Apple deal because mm-hmm. of the social media shit and how social media can f- and, and Heineken's can fuck shit up. Yeah. And, um, and <laughs> <laughs> social media and Heineken's, for, for you folks out there, can ruin your whole uh, entire Social media shit. and Heineken's almost ruined the $3 billion deal. Like you can really fuck it up with social. A bottle of E and J and social media <laughs> could fuck up you your unravel life. a whole everything. Yeah. So the, the, for those of you that don't know, the Defiant Ones is basically the story of Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dragon. Well, where actually, they, no, the Defiant Ones is a series. They're gonna do more of them. Oh, they're gonna do more of them. Yeah, because if you look when it says season one, episode one, two, three, four. Uh, what I what I've read, I don't know if it's true, is that they're going to do a Defiant Ones on who's the other person? I, oh, No Limit. That was what I saw. No Limit. Um, people were. I saw people on Twitter like they wanted to see a Rockefeller one, but it's basically going to be a it's series on different things. That's gotcha. that's the first season, the first four episodes. And gotcha. Everything. So so this particular installment of it is about the Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre story. 
Um, basically going back to Jimmy's start as a kid from Brooklyn, sweeping floors in the studio, turning into an en- learning how to engineer on the fly, turning into a music engineer, turning into a producer. Dre starting off as a DJ with the World Class Wrecking Crew, learning how to cut, learning how to mix, DJing with them, going on tour with the Wrecking Crew, then eventually NWA, Death Row, the original uh, installment of Aftermath, then the shady Aftermath G-Unit era, and then now to their partnership together with uh, Apple Music. And the creation of uh, beats, so it just basically tells that whole story and goes through their whole everything, and it literally shows that two people from two totally different walks of life, with basically similar like blue collar roots, ended up partnering together to create a multi billion dollar mm-hmm. empire together. And one's a sixty year old white guy, and one's a forty some odd year old black guy, and their shared values is what's carried them mm-hmm. together through business and through the experience, and they're the best of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. And yeah. Tyrese almost fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop, somebody Snoop. don't even got shit to do Snoop with it. Snoop exhaled the wheeze. <laughs> Tyrese almost fucked that <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I, I thought it was a real good documentary. Um, Like I said earlier, my only gripe with it was that it didn't go. It's like I waited all the first three episodes. In the first episode, it goes in depth with the Wrecking Crew, Yella, mm-hmm. how he was running around with Alonzo, all the bullshit that DLC. happened up there. Yeah. DLC was the second one. The yeah. second yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. was when DOC came in, started writing with NWA, and then him and Easy splitting and trying to figure out what was happening, DOC having an accident. And it's like, I get through the second one and the third one, and I'm like, all right, well, the fourth episode is going to be Eminem and 50 and how that shit. And it was like, you know, all this shit. And then it was, it was Jimmy Iovine, like, yeah, you don't, you know, when horses race, you put blinders on them. So that way they just go, go, go. And 50 dropped from the ceiling. It was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm with after me. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If Dre and him is the reason for it. And then it was on the beat. So <laughs> I'm like, footnote. what the fuck? It was like, yeah, that was my only gripe with it, was that they cut out the, the 50G unit era because that was, that, 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 might have been the most important thing because yeah. it brought Dre to this new mm-hmm. generation, another yeah. generation. They carried exactly. him forward again. So, but they they kind of depicted that Eminem did that more than Fifty though. Like, I mean, it, was it, it? See, we still because I, I still really don't even know. Was it M or was it Dre that M found Fifty? So that's yeah. But 50, you know, Fifty was blackball in New York because of the situation with Murder Inc. and Universal. But this, this is my whole gripe with it. You see how we we kind of understand this. I know about the whole shit with yeah, New yeah, York yeah. and Fifty, but for the average casual person, they still don't know. Yeah. They broke down how the whole Eminem tape landed in Dre right, office right, right. and all. They didn't break down nothing about the. the it 50 was just story. like Fifty just popped up with goat. Go and, and it was on, and yeah. it's like no, because Fifty's story before he became a successful rapper is almost as big as his story after he yeah. became a successful rapper. Yeah. So it's like I wanted him to go into that. Like think about it, he had the whole shit when he the Jay Z disting. All of that shit was before he was huge. Right. So that was, I wanted to see them go more in detail with that, and they just didn't. Yeah. So that was my only gripe with it. I think Jimmy Iovine's, not the control, so I just think Jimmy Iovine's personal issues with 50 is like, nah, fuck that. We're going to touch on it, but let him tell his own fucking story. Like, fuck that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think they wanted to get more into the, the Eminem part because of Dre, because Dre put everything he had into Eminem. And Jimmy Iovine, like, back Dre. He was like, 
I don't really know about what Eminem's saying, but I'm rolling with Dre, and if Dre think it's great, then right, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's why they took that that plight too. But yeah, I but, just love the 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 loyalty that they have to one another is just crazy, yeah, crazy. because they literally tried to kick Dre out of the building mm-hmm. a bunch of times, and Jimmy's like, "All I'm right, well, fire me too. Mm-hmm. Take me with him, cause yeah. I'm going where the fuck Dre goes, cause mm-hmm. he a musical genius, and none of y'all are. So if y'all yeah. want to fire Dre, good, mm-hmm. do it. I'm yeah. out of here too. Yeah, yeah." That that aftermath album, looking back on it, Hansa, it really did stink. Oh man, that that's first, bad. That Listen, first I downloaded joint, it the yeah. other day. I was like, "This is bad." Yeah, that joint really did stink. <laughs> something awful. And the Firm album right after that, another I like, stinker. I told y'all though, I, I like the Firm joint. <laughs> you know, I'm a Nas fan, so it's like I I could fuck with the Firm. Phone tap, Firm biz. It got me through that album. Yeah, like, it wasn't the greatest work, but I thought it was all right. Yeah. But I mean, the, the the documentary was very very good. I I. Couple things in there I really, really liked. I thought were hilarious. You know, Snoop explaining how he bung on Dr. Dre the first time he right. called him was hilarious. Snoop to me was the funniest. Yeah. Everything that came out of his yeah. mouth was just mm-hmm. funny as shit. <laughs> so it, it, it was it was a good it was a good documentary. It's not better than uh Thirty for Thirty OJ. Nah, nothing's better than that. That's the best documentary. OJ's uh, you know he's going for um parole. Parole. They're gonna air it live. His parole here. <laughs> I'm like, yo, OJ life is what's, amazing. So what's that line? It's nothing that I do that ain't news. Who's, whose line is that? That shit is OJ. Like anything OJ that? do is news. I think Jay said that. No, it wasn't Jay. Wasn't Jay. We'll figure that out yeah. by the end. Of the show. It'll come to me. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that they gonna air his uh, hearing live. I'm like, damn. Like now he got beg and grovel <laughs> in front, in of, front of the public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta cry and all kinds of crazy shit. But um, should have stayed I, down with the culture. <laughs> I mean, if you watch that thirty for thirty, you really understand it. Like OJ was a complex character. It's I never seen nothing like it. Like he literally turned his back on black everything. Yeah, and right. he and hit. I'm not black. I'm OJ. Right. That was some real shit. Right. But he he really lived that. He really lived in Brentwood for twenty plus years, and. He killed that white lady and that guy, and it was like, "Oh shit, I'm black." Yeah, <laughs> he when when he beat the case, I, you watched it. They had him in a black church with a dashiki on. I'm like, "Oh, Jaden lost his fucking mind." Like, they was trying to put the 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 hat on his him, but was too big. his head was too big. <laughs> like, this is nuts. But yeah, that, it, that was a complex story. It's it's just crazy that after all these years, he's still that compelling. Right to. The world. You know, we talking about 25, 30 years of OJ just being front page news. Shit is crazy. I told my girl, I'm like, he get out of jail, he's going to have the best, the number one reality show on television. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. You want to see, maybe he'll slip up and kill somebody on camera. That's what, <laughs> that's why people going to watch this right. shit. Because it's like in your mind that OJ the fuck nuts. He got away with murder. Yeah. Double murder. <laughs> Double murder. And the most fucked up part about that shit is the fact that we always talk about Nicole uh, Brown getting killed. We never talk. We never never Ryan Goldman. Never. Ever. It's no. like, oh yeah, and that guy was there. And shit. Yeah, the bull, like, <laughs> the bull, the, the waiter bull. Yeah. OJ hawked them. OJ stalked them and then hawked them. He came oh. to the restaurant. Why are you screaming like a slug? <laughs> it's only dog. Like OJ, crazy. He had blood in the Bronco on his shoes. On his hands. In the house. In the, in the house. In the pathway. They pulled the shoe prints out of the blood. They was, what's the shoes? Uh, Bruno Mali. Bruno Mali's. They pulled the prints out of the blood and found the shoe and showed the shoe to OJ. OJ was like, I don't wear no ugly ass shoes like that. Then they showed OJ a picture of him 
in the Bruno Mars. He's like, that shit was from the set. I don't look at that shit when they give it. It's like, OJ was really nuts, yo. That's a, that's a wild boy. And crazy part is I want him to get out just because I want to see what happened. Is this is just watch the train wreck? Yeah, I just want to see. It. Like I know it's gonna be funny, <laughs> but uh, I, can, can we can we go into this real quick? Uh, my homie at work the other day, he was looking at Lala on Instagram, <laughs> and um, he said Man. he turned to me and was like, "Yo, it's amazing that Lala really finessed her way onto one of the best shows like ever." And I'm like. <laughs> What show what is she on other she than on Power? Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, "You don't think Power is one of the best shows ever?" And I'm like, why "Hell, y'all, why y'all don't think Power good?" It's horribly. It's written. The, the, let it's me. Horribly can I say this real quick? Go ahead. I disagree. At Power, when you talk about greatly written shows, you talk about The Wire. You talk about shit ballers. You talk about billions, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. You think Ballers is better than Power? I think New York Undercover is better than Power. <laughs> I like Power, man. I'm, Contrary, I, I like I like it, but I feel like it's the it show of the moment with black people on it. So that's why we watch it. Nothing on power is realistic. If you watch The Wire, like the way Weebay and them was in the first season, Weebay had to go to jail. Remember him and Saravino shot Orlando for ratting, and they uh, hit uh, Kima, who was an undercover cop. Y'all going to jail because mm-hmm. you don't kill witnesses and hit cops mm-hmm. and not go to jail. Yeah. On power, Tommy stabbed up a federal <laughs> witness yeah. and was in jail for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. He was in jail for half an episode. Yeah. It's like nothing on there. Like, if that was real life, they'd all have been dead already. Mm-hmm. Kanan kidnapped Tyreek and then was like, no, nah, go ahead, home. <laughs> like, they resolved <laughs> the shit so fast. Like <laughs> The writing is was, insane. All it took was poke-ass Dre to show up with a compelling story. He was like... All right, he could go home. Nothing, but, but you gonna give me ten thousand a week? Nothing on there is <laughs> realistic. There's no way on earth you, you. We all black. Y'all got black parents. I'm assuming. There's no <laughs> way <laughs> that assuming. there's no way you as a kid could go missing and somebody send your mom a picture of you with a husky ass arm around your neck, like give up the bread or else. And then you come walking in the crib and it's cool. Your mom go, you better be kidnapped because your mom going to beat the shit out of you. Right. Or she going to put you in a car like, let's go to fuck the Slim House. Yeah, let's go so, where you was at. You're not about to just right. chill. And it, the shit is, it's, it, it's literally getting to the point now where it's just like, it's so unrealistic that it's like, come on, y'all. I think we buying into something different, though. People that like it, like we buy into the ghost thing. We buy into the Tasha and ghost thing. We buy into the 50. Like, we like it. Like, that's what. I just hate like, the fact that ghost is a ninja goon rat. Like, he dresses up in black, he killed niggas, and he tell on his enemies. I was thinking about other like, like, I'm sick Ghost of Ghost done killed 35 people in But the he'll tell on you, too. <laughs> shit is crazy. Shit getting too deep. I mean, that... Shit getting too deep. We got to kill Milan. But I'm telling on motherfucking uh, Kanan, though. Like, 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 think about this for a quick second. <laughs> if you, you know a lot of them, copies. if you watch, if you watch The Wire, and I hate that I keep bringing up the two, but I'm, this is because they're, That's the they, go, they go on the same shit. You don't kill connects and just go on with your life. These niggas killed Lobos and then killed Milan and now they're the connect. <laughs> How? Like that shit don't just happen. You like kill that. a you kill a Mexican connect or a Central American connect. The whole Central the, America comes down on you. Right. You did you watch it in the Scarface? Like that's just to- fucking up. Tony was one of them, and they still brought the whole weight of the world down on this motherfucker. But if you watch The Wire, like. The whole shit with Prop Joe. 
Marlo had to make good with the West Side, like the older the older West Side niggas, so that Avon could plug in with Sergey. And right. you know, it's just a lot of different shit that had to go on just for certain things to happen. But in the power, it's like things happen and they just don't make sense. They skip and, a lot of steps, and because they only, I think, doing like ten episodes a season or some shit. Like first that, season had eight. The last couple had ten. So it's like I think because of that, they condense it a lot. So they it. gotta skip a yeah. lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But they still, she writes. Courtney Kemp is writing in that Shonda Rhimes scandal style where you always leave a cliffhanger at the end of every episode. It's fucking annoying because people don't write TV like that anymore. You got to resolve. Some shit got to get resolved. It's like you get certain evidence tossed and then, oh, now Angela has the laptop. Holy shit. Bitch, you're on the fucking case. You don't think to look at this laptop and see what you can uncover, at least for the fact of trying to convict the motherfucker. Yeah. If it's any type of logs or anything that he left open, any loose ends that he did. Oh, let me look at this laptop now that the evidence is getting kicked. Maybe he didn't do it. Oh, shit. He didn't do it. I'm a stupid ass bitch. And it's just it, to, to cut me, episode. Like going to what you say. <laughs> I like the sh- I like Omari Hardwick. I like uh, what's the chick who plays Tasha? What's her real name? Natari Norton. Natari Norton. I've always liked her. Yeah. I like I, I fuck with 50. Yeah. I like these people. But the writing of the show, when you're more of a complex, like a thinker, and this ain't a distant nobody, but just when you think about shit, you sit back and you like that don't make no sense. Yeah, this is <laughs> I, I just I think from the but the masses is not like it's entertaining as y'all fuck. Like don't get me wrong, it's entertaining as fuck. It's entertaining. I'm yeah. too analytical to enjoy yeah, shit right. that That's don't have the, the continuity is fucked up. Yeah. And I took film continuity in mm-hmm. school, so yeah. it's just like See, this shit don't make no sense. Thinking of it like that, I mean, but it's just it's just what you do as a human adult. Yeah. You just. Second level thinking, any type of thinking. I like it better than the other show. That's a, what's the other show that people used to watch? Um, Empire. Empire. Oh, I don't even compare yeah. them. To, I, I, that shit had all type of holes in <laughs> yeah. it, and they would just abandon yeah. storylines completely mm-hmm. and just go. And to that, some that's other that's kind of what I think Power is doing now. It's like you think literally Angela it, hasn't investigated the fact that Shorty is missing. Uh, Tommy girlfriend. Yeah, she hasn't investigated it. Holly is missing at all. They just chalked it. Holly's dead. That's it. It's pro- over. They'll pro- they'll probably, they might tie it back in, though. Yeah, but we four seasons in. Holly got killed in <laughs> we season four, two. We four episodes into season four, and they kicking one piece of evidence an episode. Yeah. Y'all ain't got but six more of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, let's get on with the get on. Like, like, think about this. Ghost since the show has started has killed 30-something people. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. He killed Rolla. He killed Lobo. He's killed so many actual people. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> this nigga dropped this fucking knife and did this on the window. And this nigga, that, that it's just, it's so unbelievable that it's just Every like. Every week he does some shit that should get him killed or in jail. And oh, he escapes he's it. Back at truth. And he's back at he be back at <laughs> truth with a suit yeah. on, yeah. like nothing ever happened. They but mess- he getting pickled for some shit that everybody knows mm. he didn't do. They messed me up. Did y'all see the the one this week? I'm gonna watch one. I, I watched home. it. Man, they they. I ain't gonna <laughs> <laughs> I see you what see y'all what talking about, saying? but it's annoying. It's still good though. It's I'm going. Watch. I can't it's wait to watch annoying. next week. <laughs> like. It's inter- I'm there at 12.01 yeah. every Saturday. I'm yeah. like, I ain't going to the club yeah. yet. Yeah. I'm locked in. Yeah. But I'm p- 
pissed at the end of every yeah. show because I got to come back next week yeah. for this shit yeah. again. Like, but I like the microwave shit, though. I ain't going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm an entourage fan. I like it nice and but, fast. But Give see, it to me on the plane. This is, and I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest. I, yeah. I could literally tell you word for word every episode of yeah. Entourage. Entourage 1 through 5 were fucking great. 6 was like, all right, y'all kind of losing me. By the time Vince became a trap, this nigga every episode had the world coming down on him and would somehow weasel his way <laughs> out. It just didn't like think about season think about season four, they went broke and had to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. But if you look, that's where the shit started to unravel. He was fucked up, went back to New York. The nigga was at the bar and Ari walked in like, here, here go Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Shit ends. Season five, this nigga got Ferraris yeah. and it that's how it starts. It's like you don't even see yeah. the climb. Back. I, I like and, it. I, I don't like the drawn out shit. No, but what I'm I saying is, it, it, it's mm-hmm. just that was where to me it was like the storylines <laughs> just fell apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah and right. by time season eight came along, it was like, nah, mm-hmm. nah. I, I, we, I, they, it just literally got. And then once you saw the movie, it mm-hmm. was like, y'all kill it. <laughs> like I'm happy this is done now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yo, have any of y'all seen Snowfall yet? No. No, I no. heard about it. That shit. That's the best show on television. Bro. It's better than Billions. Well, Billion's not on right now. That's running actively right now. It's on and it's on FX. Yo, they pushed this. That's like an HBO show on FX. The character shit with that John is crazy. It's set in the '80s, South Central, and it shows the beginning of the crack trade rise from cocaine to crack. The presence of the CIA and uh, the inner city shit is crazy. One episode, you like, yo, I'm gonna check that out. That man. shit, crazy. Man. I'm like I'm like I ain't watching no more power, but 1201 uh, Sunday <laughs> I'll be there watching power again. But snowfall crazy. Like my homie at work the other day was like, so so what shows historically do you think have been written better than Power? I'm like, <laughs> Saved by the Bell, a different uh, world. Like, <laughs> I'm like, we can start all the way back in the 80s. There's so much shit that has been written better than this show. It don't even make sense, yo. But like I said, we fans of them and of the show. Yeah. It's the it show for. I guess you could say black culture for the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. So we fans. I like he say, mm-hmm. I'm there every week. But get it fucked up. 1201, I'm like, yes. It's a big rich <laughs> town, baby. Yeah. 1257, I'm like, I know this shit ain't about to go the fuck off like this. That's how you are mm-hmm. every week. Cause yeah, it's, I mean, it's, we're, we're emotionally attached to it as a culture, definitely. Like, if you look I, back on, on The Wire, and like, because I watched The Wire from the beginning, Stinkum, Stinkum got killed in the seventh episode. Weebay was in jail in episode eight. That was when they boarded the Greeks. Prop Joe, all of that shit. But end of season one, Avon was in jail. Here come Marlo. Here come Cheese. It's you in the drug. Like, I've never seen mm-hmm. a drug dealer just kill people and sell boatloads of drugs <laughs> yeah. and then just be at the club. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just like. Get my man a bottle of Don Perignon. It's people who, don't get it, it's people I know who trap and been trapping for years, but they be going to jail. They be having real life things going mm-hmm. on, especially when you own that type. Yeah. Like, it, it just, it just makes. Ghost just at career day, yeah. <laughs> telling the kids like, yeah. like it's, it's just always the best case scenario. Yeah, it's right. just crazy watching it sometimes. Yeah. With that being said, I'm gonna watch the new episode when I go home. <laughs> but I, I just like he said, a Courtney Kemp style She's of writing. stressing me the fuck out, man. It's so annoying. That's why sometimes. I stopped watching Scandal. I said I can't do this shit every week with you, Shonda yeah. Rhimes. Like I can't, like great show. I can't do this every fucking week. Like the Who Done It shit in the. Well, what had happened was, I'm tired of that shit, man. Resolve something. Yeah. Please. Or, this is the, like, <laughs> like think about this. It's another, it's, it's another <laughs> John with power. Season four, episode four. 
No significant character of the show is dead other than Sean. Think about that. Like in a drug world, like like, nah. Every other two connects are dead. Yeah, well, two connects, yeah. <laughs> no, but Sean is a main character. Out of all the main characters, he's the only one that's died. Fucking Game of Thrones killed the fucking ki- the uh, the hand of the North. Episode two, they put his fucking head on a stake. Yeah. He's like, a, and that's the, and that's that's my point in what I'm trying to make with the wire. Like, the main characters of season one was D'Angelo, Avon, Stringer. Avon with the jail. D'Angelo with the jail. Got killed in jail. Stringer got killed. You got to bring in new people. You got to bring in the kids. You got to bring in Marlo, yeah. Chris, Snoop. It's prop Joe. Because he had the, to go. And the reason why, the story is more important than the characters. So I remember when the night, I remember, because well, we used to all watch Power of Shit's Crib. I remember, I mean, uh, Wire of Shit's Crib. I remember the night Omar got killed. I mean, it was like, people were going crazy. And it's like, right. yo, Omar should have been dead like a season ago. But yeah. I, and, and when I saw Doug Simon actually say, Omar was only supposed to be in the in the, the wire for six episodes, but he was like the the feedback we got on his character, we stretched out and luckily he was like we had writers who were good enough. They changed the way the whole second season of the wire was supposed to be, because they had to keep Omar in it. Right. And he was like, it just you know it made sense to have him going at it with the drug dealers, and that became a storyline in itself. So, mm-hmm. I, my 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 joints, I tell my girl, I feel like power is like already written. And no one wants to change anything. I feel like they got like the next two, three seasons just already done. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We So that's where my annoyance comes from. It's just the writing, not the actual show, mm-hmm. but or the characters, but the writing of it. Yeah, y'all look at it through a different lens. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Different perspective, I guess you could say. But it would, like I said, with that being said, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get the hell out of here so I can go watch a <laughs> new episode tonight. <laughs> with that being said. Uh, where we want to go? Tax? Uh, yeah, that's Tax is in a is in a jam uh, once again in another jam. Uh, Tax was formally indicted for the murder of Ronald Banga McFadder. Um, this goes back to the wild shootout that they had at uh, Irvin Plaza. I think it was April of 2016. Yeah, it was about a little over a year ago. A little over a year ago, April of 2016. Troy Ad- Ronald Banger McFadder was uh, Troy Ad's friend, bodyguard, and all that. And um, there's a whole shit storm that resulted from this one fucking outing where all of these people who hated each other ended up in the same venue and now uh Taxstone pleading guilty to the weapons charge on a federal level has now opened up the connection to the to him possessing the murder weapon thus being the murderer of Banga Dang. and now he's gotten charged with uh Second degree murder in New York State. He is a predicate felon on his third strike with now uh, interstate trafficking weapons charge, discharging the weapon in public place, <clears throat> and now the murder charge. And it's basically like all signs point to like taxes like in the bushes. So it's an unfortunate situation all the way around. Um, and it's just like it's just crazy to see because this guy was like on his you know way up and out, and some street shit has derailed his whole life. So I don't know how y'all feel about it or what y'all thoughts is on it. It's like I I wanna I wanna feel sorry for him. I do because I I liked him and I I do feel sorry for him in, in a in a in a certain way because I was a fan of tax season. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I was a fan of who he had become as far as his media voice. But I I I'd basically be lying if I because the way I talk and the way I live my life and the way I talk that I don't always say. 
niggas just can't get out of the way of nigga shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here we go again, where you got a, a, a young, relatively young, I can't think tax as older than 35. I can't. 32. Uh, I can't, like I said, he might. <clears throat> Throwing it all away when, when, when you had the opportunity to make sure your mom, your kid, everybody around you, your friends, everything was in just a way better situation than what y'all grew up in or what you were accustomed to. And to see it thrown away for some bullshit, not some life-altering shit, not some somebody touched your kid or somebody... Like, y'all just going at it on for the sake of going at it. And now that man did... Troy Ave's career is pretty much in the bushes. You pretty much... And it's just like... Man, dog. Like... You, you, it's just mm-hmm. stupid shit. And, and, and for me, it's like... I can't applaud. I can't. I can't. Like it, it's just for what? It really makes no sense. You threw away a great situation. Yeah, they said Charlemagne said that his TV show was uh, getting green lit that same week. Like that, all that shit happened. They already had the approval already about the green lighted show on MTV Two or whatever. And then it's just like tax locked up. <laughs> like, which is crazy. That's why sometimes it's important when you grow up in these urban neighborhoods that you separate yourself from that type of shit. Like. So I feel like you, know, you have to, because those type of moments, like when you try to live up to a certain name or you try to still dibble and dabble, that's what it come with. Like you got he, in his position, he should have been separating himself from it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just to me, it's just you gotta be smarter. Man. It's a salty situation. Yeah. It's just nutty. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nutty. but it's hard for us though. It'd be more like our ego and things that principles that we grew up on. Sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta. You got to hand like when you in that position, you got to handle it different. When we had the situation that just happened recently out Baltimore, um, where it was a where we were trying to get the artists, it was like our attitude can't like somebody from out there that made a comment like, "Yo, they playing dirty, so y'all got to play just as dirty." And it's like, no, nah, like that ain't what we like. This ain't that. Like we out here trying to build right, we a multi-million <laughs> dollar company. Like yeah. we ain't getting caught up in like, oh, cause somebody might have snicked the situation. It's like. This ain't the street shit. Like, we running a business, and that's how we going to carry it. So, like, remove that whole idea of, like, oh, we going to do something dirty because somebody did something dirty to us. Like, no, we ain't doing nothing dirty. We building a brand. And that's a great-ass like, point. Let's go back to what you were saying about Suge. Like, you ruined a $500 million company yeah. right. oh, on some bullshit. On oh, some bullshit. And, and, and like, because you, you wanted to. And, like, with that <laughs> documentary, not to go back to it, but you hear DOC and Dre both, like, it got to the point where it was, like, I'm not even coming to the studio because yeah. y'all just want too much. But the weird thing shit is, it's here. like, yo, you saw what Eric did and how he fucked the situation up with NWA, and you took it to another level by introducing violence to it on top of the bad business. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, yo, it's like everybody's making money. Y'all are doing tens of million in billing every single month, mm-hmm. and you just want to have a million rampart uh, police officers and bloods up here beating niggas up, pissing on people. Like always, why? People. What's up with y'all? It's like why? What's oh, up? oh, real quick. <laughs> what was the funniest? Y'all, y'all watched the final ones, right? Y'all watched yeah, it. I watched. What it. was the funniest part of the of the whole joint? The funniest part of the whole joint. Dog. 
when they was at the Source Awards in 95, oh, yeah. the whole, you know, East Coast of God of Love was And Nas was, because they had Nas on the joint. Nas mm-hmm. was giving his whole synopsis yeah. of what was going on. He was like, yeah, it was like, Snoop was on stage. I'm like, I know this nigga not about to say fuck New York. Because <laughs> he was like, he, he was like, I'm looking around the crowd and it's like, it's Death Row and they got all these Crips and Bloods with them and they ready to go down and the camera like showed where Death yeah. Row was sitting. And he was like, then it was Bad Boy and it was like all these Brooklyn and Harlem niggas and they ready for it to go down and then the camera showed Bad Boy and he was like, then Wu-Tang was over there and I know they ready for war. Mm-hmm. Wu, they cut the camera on where Wu-Tang was sitting. It was a nigga in the crowd with a ninja mask and a sword <laughs> just sitting there. I'm like, yo, yeah. Wu-Tang niggas, what's up, dog? My man had a sword on his back just chilling in the crowd. I'm like, that was the funniest <laughs> shit on earth. But it's like, yeah, man, it's like that, like that, that source of worship, like mm-hmm. Nas was saying yeah, on the joint, yeah. was like, I can see the headline now. Yeah. Stupid niggas get mm-hmm. together for stupid nigga awards, yeah. rap ends in a bloodbath. Yeah, Shug could have died that Dog. Yeah, Easily. Yeah. Easily. And not to say that it wouldn't have been bloodshed on the other side, but it was... Like, when you away from home, you have to be respectful mm-hmm. of your surroundings. Yeah. Like, you can't come in nobody's house and piss on their couch. No. Like, and that's essentially Fuck what he couch, did. your couch, nigga. Yeah. You get your legs beat. Yeah, you get your yeah. legs beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, we've seen too many instances where people be overzealous and overaggressive, and then they end up getting beat the fuck up. That yeah. video on, online, New York, son, New York, son, oh, yeah, New, the Arizona, ball, nigga, beat him to death. White beat him to death. Beat yeah. him to death. Like, but like Snoop was saying, like he was like, when I got on the stage and I could feel that energy, like I got to match energy with energy, yeah. but I got to match it with love. Yeah. And Snoop was like, now nah, I said it, just him saying that, we know where we at, East Coast in the house. It just, it relieved yeah, it was, pressure. He said, just it was, the, he said it was like, he's like, we want to fuck these niggas up. Like, but because we, he said that, we y'all need to walk out of here. We going to let y'all walk out of here. But you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like, it, like you said, it's so much testosterone and aggression that gets pumped into young black men that they go out in the streets and niggas be ready to kill, do it like, for nothing. About nothing. It be nothing. Mm-hmm. It be times where we gotta tell each other, like when stuff happen or when we get certain type of news, like we might be in a hotel room spazzing. Like, or I might just be I might be being vocal about how I feel about something and then Steph might be like, All right, cool, but that ain't how we about to handle it. Like me. Or like that ain't that ain't what we bought. Like we always bounce stuff and we always try to game plan and Chad, no, me and Chad talk about it a lot. It's like it's just I've gotten to the point where I don't even put myself in certain places. Yeah. Just for what? Because I know I'm not going to be able to match that aggression because my life ain't like that. I wake up every morning, I'm on a positive vibe where it's like, yo, how can we be better than we was yesterday? I can't do that goofy shit. We was talking about it the other day in the group chat. Like, one of our homies was like, yeah, somebody was trying to get us to come to a spot in the city that a bunch of bullshit happens at. And he was like, man, I got all this going on. Why the hell would I come there? And I was like, yeah, because... I don't have any of that going on, and I'm still like, why the hell would I come? It's like, I'm not coming to that fucking place. And it, it that's kind of how I've gotten. It's like, I'm cool. It's way too much silly. Every time I see this place in the headlines of young nigga life, it's some bullshit. What the fuck would I come there for? Right. When I'm trying to, you know, eat, eat dollar jumbo shrimp and just fucking relax. It's like, no, nah, that's just <laughs> stupid. But that's really where it is. It's like, I feel like black people just gotten to the point where they just can't go out and enjoy themselves without bringing the bullshit with them. And that's kind of what happened in the tax situation. It's like, they weren't on, you know, 145th and Lenox. They they in weren't at the park. Manhattan. They were at Urban <laughs> Plaza. Mm-hmm. Y'all know. You, yeah, and like, right. you think about that to yeah. film more. Like, y'all at a real live place, a real yeah. live. And this wasn't no bullshit. This was mm-hmm. a T.I. concert. Yeah, right. But I'm going to kill niggas tonight. Yeah. It, it's just like. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. It's just dumb and it's sad as shit, man. Like looking back on it, it's, like, a, it's a tra- it's like a Shakespeare fucking film. It's a, a Shakespeare book. It's like mm-hmm. tragedy, tragedy all around. The shit is like fucking taxes the fucking uh, what do you call it the uh, the unlikely hero that yeah. everybody fucking loves, and then you go and you shoot these niggas the fuck up. Now you got a gun charge, you got a murder charge. This nigga's dead. Who otherwise? If he wasn't with Troy Ave, y'all probably would have been friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if Troy Ave wasn't such a weirdo, y'all might have been. You know what I'm saying? It's just like so much to it to where it's like, if y'all, if anybody takes a step back and removes himself from the situation and looks at it like, we look like dickheads, like all the way around. Like, it's a stupid situation. And it went on, the buildup went on for a year and a half, mm-hmm. two years. Nobody stepped in and stopped it. Or if they did, they weren't successful or they didn't try hard enough mm-hmm. to prevent it from what it ended up fucking being. That's a great, that's a great, great point that no one could intervene on this situation. Like, there was no Farrakhan's. There was no Russell like, Simmons. There was there nobody was that could, like, go to Jay-Z and be like, yo, just tell Tax cool the fuck out. And you the crazy that? part is, is, like, my thing is, like, when you talk about Russell Simmons and Farrakhan and all that doing this with the rappers who aren't going to kill anybody. Yeah, they going to kill it's nothing. Like, they going to let nothing die. How, how do y'all not step in with people who will actually go there? Like, oh, we got to stop this. Y'all tripping. This man ain't disrespect your mom. He ain't do nothing crazy your family. It's like, let this shit go and, and go on about And the nature of it, for him to do what he did, not only to do it, but to do it in New York City, in Manhattan, where everything is under surveillance. That shit is like being in a big-ass casino. Yeah. Like, you do anything in Manhattan, mm-hmm. you're going to jail, fam. Like, it ain't no two ways about it. You do anything in public somewhere in Manhattan with your face exposed, you mm-hmm. going to jail. I was saying Flat the out. other day to my homie that it's amazing where we at now in society and how the cameras and the eyes in the sky catch. You saw the guy got killed in Greece the other day. Rolled on, the guys beat him to death yeah. and shit. That shit was on camera. Like, you literally can't get away with things. Now, like you do something, it's probably on camera. Yeah, if it ain't on a camera up there, somebody's filming you. Yeah, right. In the city of Philadelphia, they give out they give out money to you. Like they reimburse you if you put like cameras that spot certain stuff. Oh yeah, like yeah. Oh shit. People got guys got to remember it's bigger than you too. Like tax, like it's your, if you got kids, your kids, like you mess it up for everybody. Yeah. Like you got like going back to the source awards thing. You looked at how Suge handled it and how Puff handled it. I remember it like I remember that Source Awards like it was yesterday. I I recorded on the VHS John the the you know yeah I, I had it but um Puff went up there and he like listen I'm a positive black man and he went through his whole thing like this ain't about no East and West thing and you look at how his career went and Suge was on his thug shit yeah, like yeah. you gotta t- you gotta take the high road like they man. was in New York Puff could have got up yeah. there like a and yeah, Puff could have straight been like stone him yeah and, and, and it died. was going yeah. down yeah, yeah. yeah. so it. it but, you gotta like, be more focused. And that, think man. about it. Suge was thugging to the end. He the showed end. up to the movie set on some gangster shit. Mm-hmm. Got spooked. Somebody pulled a hammer on him. Got spooked. Ran over Terry and and, and the boy Bone. Mm-hmm. Killed them and skirted off. And now you about to do thirty years in jail for and, and a fucking one double thing I murder. thought was interesting was the fact that I you never really hear Dre call Suge names or yeah. talk bad about him. But to hear Dre yeah, at, like on part four, idiot. like this fucking idiot, it's like we having Compton Day. Mm-hmm. Everybody the fuck here. Kendrick here. Game yeah. here. I'm here. Cube out mm-hmm. here. Everybody the fuck out here. You show yeah. up on some gangster and shit. And you show up on the bullshit. Yeah. And it's just like, dog, like for what? And you got to respect Dre for getting out of that shit too. Like he ain't, he ain't care. Dre like walked away from two multi-million yeah. dollar situations with nothing. Yeah. Like I believe in me. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. His mm-hmm. lawyer said Dre, you own half a death row. 
you could get millions out of this. He said, I don't want nothing. And he took the high road and look at what he built. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to take the high road on, on that I, stuff. If man. anything, this should, like, this should show listeners, like, that you can always make a decision. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be positive or I'm going to be on the bullshit. Yep. The bullshit might get you some claim. Motherfuckers might be, oh, he a real nigga. They're going to be dumb. But you go on a positive road, yo, the flip side, never know where you could take it, dog. It's like I just feel like us as black people have to stop with the dumb shit. We have to stop glorifying it. We have to stop looking up to it. Yeah, stop we sharing it on social media. Stop sharing <laughs> it. Stop talking about it. Stop praising it. All that shit. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to make motherfuckers like you the oddball. You the out like you you on some other shit. But motherfuckers now it's like they see somebody on some other shit and be like, I like that nigga. Right. No. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> And it pushed the culture further back for like even things that we doing right like bingo we we going we going to these venues and we telling them like we trying to create a dope experience and we want in the artists that we book and every artist that we've had thus far has been black it's like so yeah although we bringing all different types of crowds out like we don't need them looking at a Troy Va- Troy Ave situation or the Textone situation and feeling like you know we might not want to do urban shows yeah ain't might, that crazy like, you see people you even see people now deteriorating from the urban shows like we kind of one of the only boutique style concert promotion companies around like other than the major companies nobody else is really it stinks because it's just so much bullshit that comes with dealing with you know we was talking about a couple shows ago nigger night at the club like it's just so much bullshit that goes into that and it's it's messed up because i like we always like we just was talking about our culture is the shit like the hip-hop culture is the it's the truth but Couple dumb niggas will ruin it. And the problem forever. is, when niggas get upset, we don't fight, we shoot. Yeah. We fight first, shoot right after that. Yeah. So it's like, if I, if I can have my safe college night with, you know, no offense, a bunch of white boys in, in college age people, and the, the worst is going to happen, they're going to get too loaded on Bud Light, and they might fight for 10 minutes, and then it's fucking over. And they're going to duke it out. Yeah, they're going to duke it out. But that's going to be the end of it. And they might leave in the same car for all we Yo, know. I was in Kavanaugh's one night. Them white boys started rumbling. We didn't move from our – and this is, this is just how crazy it is. We in there, it's me and about four of my homies, we all black – White boys started rumbling. I mean, mixing, throwing chairs at each other. We didn't move. We just was watching it. Right. Because we know it's not. Nah. It ain't us. It's not <laughs> us. It's, it, but but you know it's not going past. Yeah. Hey, hey, them chinos ain't nobody got no hammers <laughs> in them. But, but it's like, if that's young black if dudes. If Raheem start, and Tyron get into it, they're going to shoot this whole shit whole up. People that don't got nothing to do with it. Cook dead. <laughs> Crossing guard dead, ice cream man like down the street ass, dead. Like, a nigga walked in uh, Burger Lane a couple months ago and shot the cook in the chest. <laughs> That's crazy. Over some shit that a rapper did. <laughs> Why does the cook got to die over some shit that a rapper did at a bar on the other side of town? Yo. This is wild. Nigger night is not <laughs> happening. It's banned. <laughs> this is why. Y'all don't know how to hit. Y'all won't pick up a book, but you'll pick up a gun. This is the uh, problem. I was going to come to dig at night, <laughs> but no, nah, I'm chill. I'm going to go in the house. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool today. That's fine. Like, you up. might lose your life, and it don't have nothing to do with you. Man, and that's the saddest part, honestly. Cause, well, how, how old are you, man? 29. Oh, yeah? Young. How old are you? 36. Yeah, it's like we we all same age. And it's just like... Y'all know, because we, we from this thing. You, remember where it was like you could literally go places and it just wasn't no dumb shit? You, like sure. the, the The looming thought of that just wasn't there. But right. now it's like, 
he know I'm at there a was certain I'm at a cookout too long. I'm like, right, I gotta get out of here. It was just certain places that you <laughs> knew wasn't nothing going on. Yesterday, happen uh, my man Sneaker Fip, he was at a cookout. They, he tweet, he was like, yo, cookout lit. This show rolling. His next tweet, like 23 minutes later, was like, all right, somebody just walked out here in a hoodie. Stop me to get the fuck out of here. Like, yo, it's 92 degrees. But this nigga got a hoodie on. Got just, the oop in, yeah, in the hoodie pocket. Like, that is always looming. That is some bullshit going to pop off. So it's like, it, it, man, I, listen, I went to the pit for basketball games like three summers ago. Went to t- two times I went, beginning of the summer, end of the summer. The result, both times, I had to run, run. and duck for cover. Yeah. Both times, nigga pulled a K out one time, and nigga pulled a 40 out the other time. And I'm just like, yo, I'm not coming here no more. I like, remember, I'm grabbing I'm, my cousins, like, trying to I remember I, was, I, I used to coach summer league games. I remember I was my – we – it was like six games that night. We had the last game, and I was oh, standing in front of the, my bench. And my 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 man Zach, who I had an eight, it was eighteen and under. Zach was like thirty two, but nobody knew. But Zach <laughs> Zach was at the line. Zach was horsing these niggas too. Zach was at the line, and Zach couldn't shoot foul shot, save his life. And he shot the first. He's left. He shot the first shot, and when the ball hit the rim, that shit was like, pow! I'm like. Yeah, you broke the hell out of that joint, and everybody was looking around. Then you just seen people running. Boom, 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 and, and taking out. When the shit was all done, it was like, nigga was trying to buy a gun, but they started arguing over the price and mayhem. And I'm like, what? Like, huh? Why did y'all come to the basketball Where court y'all to do a gun <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but it's just like, this is really what be happening. And it's like, damn, dog, we out here God. for a basketball tournament. And it's just like, silly shit. Nothing is safe, man. Where can, you go? Where can you go? Who can you trust? Yeah. Nowhere and nobody. That's the answer. <laughs> This shit is goofy. Uh, you want to stay on murder or uh, <laughs> stay on murder? You want to talk about the kid in Bucks County? Did y'all hear about this situation with the? So, bu- we was in Baltimore from <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> we was in Baltimore from Thursday to Thursday, mm-hmm. so we we missed it. I yeah, missed I it. ain't even know about it until you sent you sent me the. Uh, so this this kid uh, Cosmo Donardo from Bucks County. Apparently, he was luring people. His family has a farm. He got like a rich family. They got a successful. They got a farm. They got a successful construction business, successful concrete business, and he was luring kids his age, 19, 20, 22, to his parents' farm under the setup that I'm gonna sell you some weed. So his plan was to lure them there and rob them. Which, what are you gonna do with them after you rob them if they came in your car? Like, he was gonna pick them up, bring them back to the farm to rob them, and then ended up killing all of them. And buried them, crushed them with a, crushed their bodies with a backhoe, scooped their bodies up with the backhoe, threw them in a container, and tried to burn their bodies. And then, when that didn't work, buried them in a 12 foot grave on the property. Insane. 20 years old. He had gotten arrested last October for being for being mentally unstable in possession of a 20-gauge shotgun. So they took away all his rights to bear arms, like his permits to publicly carry and shit. Ended up getting dismissed, so he got him back. And then a couple months later, this shit happens. See, we all got our issues. Man. Yeah. Black people. Was, the um, shit made, uh, it made world news. Yeah. It made world news. And it turns out his cousin was an accomplice. They both told in order to take the death penalty off the table, but it's like now they both telling different stories or whatever. Like they 
both telling the, the end result is the same, but they both telling different stories of who killed who mm, and how right. what happened. And it's just like a whole crazy ass thing. And if it wasn't for these cadaver dogs that the police had, they wouldn't have found their bodies because they were so deep underground. That's mm. a scary situation. When they come in, like, tell us what happened. We'll take the death penalty off the table. You're like, damn, so that's that's just yeah. his life. Huh? We know like, you did it. You know, yeah, like, that's crazy. And the way that they found out that he did it, and I think the kid is mentally disturbed, but that ain't going to get him off from no quadruple homicide. But he was trying to sell one of the guy's cars. Yeah, for a nickel. For 500 Like, I'm saying, and the police tracked the stolen car and the fact that it was a missing persons report on the kid. Right. Fuck you doing with this car. You coming with us. Mm-hmm. They bring him in last Wednesday. He posts bail, million dollars bail. He posts bail for, the stolen, for receiving stolen property, blah, blah, blah. They come back, get him on Thursday. Suspicion of murder, $5 million bail, but the bail revoked. And then they start getting into all of the fine details and shit. Then once they found them bodies, they're like, listen, we're going to take the death penalty off the table, but uh, you're going to tell us what the fuck happened. And then they brought his, then they told him his cousin, brought his cousin in, and his cousin like, no, well, he did all the killing. I was there for it, da-da-da. I went with him to get the guys and this and that. And it's just like a crazy, weird-ass situation. All these guys under, between 19 and 23. So was the, cousin, like the was the cousin witting for the murders, or was the cousin, the cousin like, there after the murders? No, weird, for the murders. Oh, okay, okay. So he, like, describing, like, yeah, he, he, he they was, you know, negotiating or whatever. The one guy was supposed to have $8,000. And he got there was like I only got eight hundred. All right, cool. I'm gonna sell you a QP. Da da da. Pull a pull a three fifty seven out. Shoot him in the back. His man go to run. Shoot him. <laughs> drag his body back. Crush him All with a backhoe. Ho- petty shit. About, some, about nothing. If your parents Y'all. had a million dollars to post bell, you shouldn't be trying to rob nobody about a quarter pound. Like you, that you, shit is the. Y'all saw the wash. Remember the wash? Snoop and Dre. Yeah. The movie. You just said. That he told him he had eight thousand, but he showed him he had eight hundred. Remember the bull was trying to sell with the uh, yeah. He's, he's like uh, all of this. Like, what, <laughs> I give you all, all of this, this for what was it five thousand dollars? Yeah. I got no no. Uh, yeah, it was five thousand. He's right? like, man, I got about six hundred dollars. He's like, I got a motherfucking five thousand. I got six hundred dollars. <laughs> he's like, okay, you can have everything here. For <laughs> he's like, I rode here from Humble County on this scooter. I think he's like, look, I'm not selling you weed. Snoop was like, what? He was like, I'll sell you the bong and the weed, weed is, is free. free. <laughs> that way, I'm not dealing. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, true story. It's like, yo, your family got a meal to put up for your bail. For your Why bail. are you out here killing them? They ain't would have put up the 500 yeah. for the other bail if, if they would wouldn't have revoked the bail, but they said it was a flight risk. Yeah. So like, just, they just. Why started. the fuck is you out? That's mentally challenged. There's no yeah. way around it. Like, he's clearly nuts. Yeah, he's still, he's still going to get 80 years, though. That's for sure. Yeah, he ain't never come home. He never come home. Did they say he was on medication or some shit like that? He ain't on no medication, so that's probably the whole thing. It's like was he supposed to be on medication? I think he probably he probably was never diagnosed. But they the whole reason why they took him to trial for the shotgun shit because it was a legally purchased shotgun. But they saying like, yo, you got a history of mental illness. What the fuck you doing with a twenty gauge shotgun? You kill everybody in this motherfucker. Like you need to be out of here, dog. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, and it made and it made world news. Like somebody called me. I was already following it locally and then somebody was like, yo, it's about to come on world news, six thirty, cut the news on. And then they seen it and they was like, they could they still haven't figured out the motive yet though. That's what it's just like he like piecing them like information or whatever, but they still don't have a uh the 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 motive as of you know why he even started the whole you don't have no weed for sale. Like why did you why why did you come up with this like like, yeah, when a nigga who don't got weed call you like, yo, you trying to buy a pound? It's like, you got to be like, no. Nah. Like, just, what the fuck? It just amazed me, though. Like, along alongside this concert promotion company that I had, 
I'm also a dean of students. And that was interesting when I found that out. Yeah. And he, he was like, yeah, Mir's a dean at the school. I'm like, what Mir? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, Mir. I'm like, only Mir I know is Dope Shows Mir. He was like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a juggle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just crazy to me when I hear, like, even just hearing Chad tell the story. It's like, other cultures, they go right to that. But they don't they don't talk about the trauma and the shit that we go through as kids. Like, that shit fuck you up mentally, too. Like, yeah. we naturally aggressive. We, like, we naturally go through things. But the moment, like, a, a white kid go make up a story about selling weed and do some shit. It's like, yo, he mentally ill. It's like, but they don't consider those same things. Like, I see it every day. So many of our kids is affected by these same things. Like, I got kids in my school that watch their dad get killed in front of them. Like, watch him take his last breath. You don't think that that's going to affect his entire life? But it's like, the moment we get caught up in some shit, they like, oh, yeah, we sent him away throw forever. Throw the book at him. Yeah, throw, the death penalty never come off the table. But it's like, oh, you mentally ill yeah. because of all this other bullshit. Like when that kid from crazy. Uh, Stanford. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You, that, he ain't lying. I when did. that kid from Stanford raped that uh, black girl uh, behind the bleachers, she passed out. Well, she raped. wasn't black. No, they said they tried to make it seem like she was these kids witnessed a crime that Denardo's drug dealer committed and offered to erase a debt he owed in order to stop the case from proceeding. What the fuck? So holy shit. So this is some whole so somebody put him up so just somebody put him up to this. Man. In order to clear his debt. So so he didn't get killed, he gotta kill them. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like it's like what the fuck is going on in Bucks County? Like yo, Bucks County, what's going on right now, yo? Like God damn, y'all listening to too much motherfucking early Fifty Cent, man? Y'all playing games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all taking this shit super uh, duper deep and serious? That playing game shit always fucks me up. Yo, man, a quadruple murder? Yeah, for to clear a debt. To clear a debt? How much? How, money how much did, did you owe? owe? Yo, I never told this story before. Listen, right, my man is a fucking scumbag. I'm not going to say his name, but he's a fucking scumbag, right? This motherfucker made me pretend to be his bookie and act like I was You gonna, told me this story. And I, and act like <laughs> yeah, I was going to kill him if he didn't pay a gambling debt to defraud his family out of his trust fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like $20,000. It's fucking, he's, it's he's, like the middle of the summer. I got on a black tell, I was about to say, tell him the story. <laughs> tell him the outfit. It's the, it's the middle of the summer. <laughs> I got on a black Nike sweatsuit. You the boy that showed up with the, at the cookout with yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit, He like, man. yo, he said, oh, man, I need you to do your best Chris Portlow impersonation. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> I show up to meet this dickhead. I get in the back of the car. I got a hoodie on, a do-rag. This nigga <laughs> told me he had a do-rag on. In the on. middle of the summer. I fell on the floor. In the middle of the <laughs> summer, I get in the car. He in the driver's seat, his dad in the passenger seat. He passed me the bag. I'm like. Yo, this this all hair? He like, yeah, I said, nigga, is it all hair? You fucking playing games, man. I, <laughs> I got to sell. He like, you got to sell it. I'm like, nigga, you playing games? You sure? All right, man, cool. I'm going to get with you. It's like it's like $24,000 or some shit. This motherfucker called me. He's like, yo, yo, that shit worked, man. I'm like, yo, why are you like this? Yo, no way, no way he could have took like me. I done burst out laughing and ruined that shit for everybody. Yo. yo. 
Oh my you, god! You just is fucked up for doing <laughs> it. Doing it. He, paid, he paid me too. <laughs> this nigga came to my crib was like, "Yo, I had he on a do rag." No. He told no, like, man. What? The dude said, "No, man, it's like two hundred something in the fun. They playing games, man. I'm trying to tap into this shit. I'm trying to pay this two Jones off and get this new crib. You know what I'm saying the crib only like eight hundred a month. I'm trying to pay the rent for six months so I get approved. They won't give me no money. So if I tell them I'm gambling again, then you know, fuck it, I can get the job. I, I said, "Yo, you a horrible nigga, and I'm just as horrible for going through with it for you." But I told him, I said, yo, you know if I was really fucked up, I could have burned you for this money and there was nothing you could do about it. You couldn't call the police on me. There's nothing you could do. You would have just been beat out of like 24,000. Like you would have had to just chalk it and we would have just had to go through something. (laughs) Donardo owed a guy money and those kids were testifying against the guy from an assault at Temple from May. Is the guy black? That's what we got to figure out. Yeah, you got to figure that out. We got to figure out. Like, what fear of God he put in him to say, is he Italian mobster or some shit? Like, who the fuck are they dealing with? Joey Merlino's son or some shit? Like, who could convince you to do a quadruple murder? For some money. <laughs> like, over a day. Like, y'all ain't even get to live yet. 20 like, years old. 20 years old. Yeah. You ain't even get to experience life. I mean, that's a lot of these young motherfuckers, though. Motherfuckers be out here getting caught up in murder and all that shit when they be 16, 17 years old. So, shit. It's just mayhem. That be the that be the mentality that um, a lot of our kids have. So uh, another through my um, sitting pretty business, we had like I employed like seven of my students, and we talk all the time about like different stuff, and they perspective be more on that. Like yo, I'm willing to die about that, or like this person right. burnt me for three hundred dollars. Like they gotta go. And they'd be like, yo, you know how much <laughs> not how much stuff you could experience in life, but you getting caught up in this thing in the moment, it's just sad. Yeah, that's that that's the saddest part. So apparently the guy who orchestrated all this is a twenty one year old white kid from ten minutes away from where we are sitting right now. And he got arrested seven blocks from here for the crime that he originally did. Got in contact with Cosmo. Yo, these kids testifying against me. I fucked them up. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Fuck some guy up down Temple a couple months ago, and I need you to kill all of them. Not witness intimidation. Witness murder. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck witness intimidation. Go kill them. Holy shit, man. And uh, with that being said, uh, this next segment of the show is sponsored by my guy Will Warren uh, and his rooftop brand. They're doing the first... Uh, Rooftop Toronto event um, at Carabana, um, the 4th of August, 2017, at the Cabana Pool Bar, hosted by LeBron James. Um, please grab your tickets online at rooftoptor.eventbrite.com. That's rooftoptor.eventbrite.com. Shout out my guy, Will Warren, sponsoring the show. And um, this is going to be the first of many ads that he uh, he does with us going forward. That's my guy, Will, from uh, Mitchell and Ness. What a party at? In Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, so Philly guys, you know, blowing mm-hmm. their brand up. They just did a rooftop joint BT weekend mm-hmm. uh, for the BT Awards. They did one in D.C., and now they're doing one with LeBron James in uh, Toronto. Yeah, and this is like the culmination of, you know, two years worth of work that he put in and solidifying his joint, man. So, you know, we, yeah. we working, man. That's Philly guys to getting to it. we need focused on, man. Like, all this BS, we need to be focused on stuff like that, yeah. stuff like what y'all doing. Like, we got the – do better for our kids, man. We got to do better for kids that we going to have, or to, you know, our families. Absolutely. Like, I mean, so that's dope. 
Absolutely, man. We got uh we got just got the timer. We got thirty minutes left uh for the show. Uh, Damn, we an hour and a half in already. Yeah, man. Good conversation going to carry. Shit. Have y'all been keeping up with the Floyd and Connor shit? Yeah. The 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 the, the minstrel show that they've been putting on. This shit is like straight out of Vince McMahon playbook. It, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. They're wilding. I, I, <laughs> I love I love Floyd, man. But it's it, yeah. it's this is just a shit show at this yeah. point. It's but like, it, it shows you that they're trying to sell a bad product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like because they going over the top and it's like what they allowing. And doing on both sides is like y'all are clearly in this together because mm-hmm. ain't nobody got upset yet. Mm-hmm. Like he rubbed Floyd, <laughs> he rubbed Floyd head up. <laughs> yeah. Connor had the pinstripe suit on that said "fuck you" yeah. in the pinstripes. I'm like, yo, what is wrong with y'all? He like, said, what, when, "What fucked me up was when he said the uh, what what was the Rocky with the monkeys?" And I'm like. What the fuck, monkeys was like in Rocky? With the dancing monk, with and, the training monkeys. And then they cut to Rocky Three, where it was a yeah. bunch of black dudes training, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm like, Jesus Christ, uh, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it, I'm not buying it. I'm not ordering it. Just, I, I'll check it out on, like, I get the X and Me forum. Shit costs. I'm gonna watch dollar. it on Twitter. You go X and Me. <laughs> well, I shouldn't put it all out there. Just, you, you can uh, go to a forum for a dollar ninety eight yeah. and watch the shit in HD. So yeah, I'm gonna watch like, it on Twitter for free. I'm gonna yeah. just search. Uh, Floyd versus Connor on Twitter and watch it for it, free it, on my phone. It's like Floyd done retired twice. I, I, you know, he black greatness. I ain't going to talk too bad yeah. about him. But after this one, just let's just stop, <laughs> let's man. Go, let's relax. <laughs> it, 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 it's like Connor doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. And, and like, I've watched world-class boxers, like the best of the best, like Oscar De La Hoya, Canelo Alvarez, yeah. Zab Judah, Manny Pacquiao. They can't hit him. So I just don't understand why – these beer drinking white folks the, think Conor McGregor. The if Conor lands one big shot, uh, fight strategy is like the most ridiculous shit I ever heard. And it, and people are like, but no, what if he does? I'm like, it's not gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Like we got 20 years of empirical, empirical evidence that Honestly, this shit is it's impossible. Like, this is the shit that I was talking to you before about <laughs> black greatness. Is like people just hate Floyd. They just want to stay. Yeah. Every person Floyd has gone up against, it's become this crazed mayhem behind that person like oh he might be the one to yeah. to the point where y'all backing dudes who don't even box remember when they said Carlos Baldemir was going to beat him Duh. he's too big and too strong Ricky Hatton <laughs> everybody it, it's just nuts and the fucked up part is everybody in Ireland is rooting for Conor McGregor yeah. as they should everybody but in America ain't rooting for Floyd everybody in black America isn't rooting <laughs> yeah. for Floyd as they should it's just we don't do that with each yo, other yo B-Hop was on uh, the breakfast club like last week and he was like well, you know, I don't want to talk bad about the man, and I ain't trying to hate on him. Then the next 15 minutes was him hating on Floyd yeah. and trying to be a forensic accountant. And I'm just like, yo, you too old for this shit, man. Like, at the end of the day, you work for a Mexican guy. Yeah. Like, y- you are not in charge of nothing at Golden Boy Promotions. It's not the executioner promotions yeah. slash Golden Boy. You work for Oscar. Yeah. Oscar got an ax to grind because Floyd kicked his ass in – Called him a, a, a homosexual and a crossdresser, which he is, and now you're carrying his burden because that's your boss. It's funny, uh, the the um Canelo's last fight when they were they asked Oscar, it was Oscar, Sugar Shane, and Canelo, like they were together. You know, Sugar Shane worked for him. <laughs> it was Oscar, Sugar Shane, and Canelo. They were sitting on the couch, and the guy was like, "So, what do you guys feel about Floyd and McGregor?" And they like, "Oh, it's dumb. It's bad for boxing. You know, Floyd is just so ridiculous." And this and the third, and I'm thinking to myself like, "Floyd beat everybody on that couch." Yeah, all three. <laughs> <laughs> just like Floyd really beat everybody. And if on Floyd would have said, "Hey, Oscar, we're gonna find a way to cut y'all in twenty percent of the of the gate in the in the pay per view," you'd have been there with bells on. Yeah, real sure. 
Mm. He'd have been like, yo, you got to wear your uh, your bustier that you wore in them pictures. You would have wore that shit to get a piece of the action yeah. for this motherfucking fight. Because at the end of the day, it's ridiculous, but it's going to ring the cash register. They charging $100 for pay-per-view mm-hmm. and you're bringing together the two biggest combat sports in the world. Like, yeah. people are going to watch this yeah, shit. Yeah, it's going to do numbers. I'm not gonna. It's gonna be a nine shit. minute fight, but we no, gonna it's, watch it's, this it's shit. It's gonna go the distance. Ain't nobody knocking nobody out. Floyd forty, Bull's not gonna hit him. Nobody's knocking each other out. Floyd gonna win the fight easily. It, it's gonna it's gonna be ten nine every round, maybe ten eight. Right. It's just what it is. It's like it's, it's just really no point. But um, I, I really have nothing else. To <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> nothing over. Else to add. I'm, I'm over. <laughs> I'm literally over. I'm just waiting for the shit to be done. Uh, y'all weird. People are threatening the chick Angie in real life. Mm-hmm. You seen that Some shit? Power, yeah. She, <laughs> she, had, she. They said she has to turn off her Instagram comments every now and then because people get so crazy. And she's received death threats. It's like, yo, it's weird. a scripted drama. It's, a, it's play. <laughs> it's like, why y'all gotta be so fucking weird? I don't understand it. That that's simple shit though. You want to go into a bigger y'all weird with the yeah, whole issue of. E-begging has popped back yes. into the culture. We did a show here, the the age of e-begging, months and months ago. Yeah. It was one of our first shows that we did, one of our first like TRP originals mm-hmm. that we did here. And we talked about people who should have other means to accomplish things outside of going to the internet asking strangers for money. But it keeps popping up again. So, like, the, the example that we gave was Kylie Jenner's best friend put up a GoFundMe. Last, this is the last time we talked about it. Put up a GoFundMe for her dad's funeral, $25,000. Your best friend is worth $60 million. Why the fuck are you asking people that follow you for twenty five grand? And then when she hit the twenty five grand, she raised it to a bean. So, like, this is the games that people playing on social media mm-hmm. with fucking GoFundMes and shit like that. And, um... Last night, this chick uh, on Twitter, I'm not going to say her name because she doesn't sponsor the show. Yeah. And um, she has she had, at the time, roughly 115,000 followers or whatever. And she goes on Twitter with this whole sob story and says, hey, guys, uh, my car got towed tonight by this quote-unquote company that's known for scamming. And it's $250 that wasn't in my budget, and I really have to get my car back because I have things to do. So if you guys could just hit my PayPal here with some money... Uh, that goes to the 250, it would be greatly appreciated. And naturally, Twitter fucking lost it because she's one of them men are trash people who every single day, and this is why men are trash, and this is da 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 da, and just very abusive the way that she interacts with people on social media. And then in your time of need, you go to social media and ask for money. I said it's the simple fact that you're on social media calling people poor and broke yeah. and telling them that their lives ain't shit. But then when this pops off, you need to. 250 that's not nobody budget i don't think any human i don't think you go out tomorrow like yeah i'm gonna get my shit towed today like i don't think anybody (laughs) is set out to do that so it happens you as an adult you deal with the shit your shit gets so you remember when my shit got booted yeah yeah i was on south street a week ago (laughs) (laughs) my shit got booted i went down there i'm like yeah i I took a little i I think i had like 900 dollars on me i'm like i'm gonna pay for this boot nut ass toe fee pay these tickets get out of here and i go to the lady and she was like yeah uh do you want to talk about a payment plan? I'm like, I don't need no payment plan. I'm just paying straight out. She pulled the shit out. Was like, yeah, you owe thirty four hundred. I said, where the fuck the payment plan? Man, <laughs> right. that, the what fuck? That payment plan shit you talking where, about? Where the payment plan bitch that's so I can talk to her? Where's Scratch? <laughs> <laughs> where is Scratch? These motherfuckers started pulling up tickets from eighty seven. I'm like, I was born in eighty four. I don't fuck. I got a ticket from it. It was cra- they pull up every ticket on your name. But it's like, yo, you deal with the shit as it comes. 
My thing is, she she posted a joint. All right, yo, I need some money. PayPal me. Da 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 da. Some random stranger, because you said this shit to a hundred thousand random fucking people, was like, yo, uh, don't you got a dude? And she was like, yeah, it's not his responsibility. I'm like, the well, fuck. Well, how is it our responsibility? How is it Twitter's responsibility? That He's was, sticking dick to you, and it's not his responsibility. That was, that was but the, it's somehow our responsibility. That was the part that had me. And it's like, somebody today hit me, and they was asking me about it. And I'm like, I said my little piece of it. And she was like, so you against crowdfunding? I'm like, no. Crowdfund when you trying to feed the homeless. Crowdfund when you want to put coats on fucking kids in the winter. Crowdfund when you're somebody in your family has a crazy medical emergency or something happened and they to need to start a rec center that's gonna so give back to these crowdfund. Kids. Right. Don't crowdfund when you get a parking ticket or because you need hella hats. <laughs> don't, don't like like don't don't crowdfund for silly shit that go on in your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yo, my barber, shit. my barber fucked my cut up, and I ain't got another twenty dollars on me. I need somebody. I need, I need, to, I need to get a fresh bald. Yeah, I need another <laughs> yeah. dub. Like motherfuckers, everything counts. Motherfuckers literally have gotten to the point where they run to the internet for anything, anything. My shit got booted. I, I remember you bought me a couple because yeah. I'm like, yo, I don't got thirty six hundred right now. Come down here, Chad. Like here I come. <laughs> fuck it. And it's just like, yo, I would take out a payday loan with a twenty nine hundred dollar percent interest rate. <laughs> I mean, a twenty nine per twenty nine hundred percent interest rate. Before I go to the timeline, like right. yo, cause it's, I don't have a heart, I, I I don't have a moxie to go on my timeline. Like, listen, y'all like these jokes, cause that's the tip she was on. That was her whole come up. Like, I give y'all all these tweets, I give y'all all this information, give y'all these fire tweets. Yeah, I give y'all time all these to bars. pay up, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> y'all should be willing to pay this for me. And it's like I couldn't imagine going to my timeline. Like, y'all all think I'm funny as shit, right? All right, well check this out. I need all you motherfuckers to hit my PayPal right now with a dollar, cause it's like if I do that and explain my problems to the world and then go to my PayPal and that shit on zero, I'm killing all you bitches. It's like it, it, I just couldn't do that. So to me to sit back and watch somebody literally go to PayPal, I'm talking about the second a problem break out in your life, it's like. Damn, you ain't have nobody in your family. You don't have no. a cousin that sell dope that got a good a phone popping that you could call. Like, yo, cuz, give me two fifty real fast. In in the words of Chad, you ain't no one to sell no pussy to real quick <laughs> to get two hundred fifty bucks. It's just it's insane watching it go down. That was my joint. Like, I'm not against crowdfunding, but like we talked about here on the AGE banging, it's not crowdfunding that we're against. It's the fact that people have gotten to the point where they use it for everything. any and everything. It's use and abuse. It's just, it's insane watching the shit go down. So that, and she tried to make sense of it today. Like, uh, like I said, oh, I'm, y'all should be willing to help me out. And, you know, I, I, I had paintings in the car that I'm just like, yo, just, no. Beat it. And, and uh, Tariq Nasheed sent her $250. Yo, when Tariq Nasheed <laughs> said on behalf of Ashley Hotep Twitter, I want to send you this $250. Because him and her have been beefing for forever. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it, it was a whole mess. Like, Twitter was in shambles for this shit. And it, it's just, I think people have literally gotten to the point. Well, he says all the time, like, women, like, a man's money is disposable. Posable income. And motherfuckers really act like that. Like, and you pose to give it to me. Like, you have an issue, that's your issue. Yo, girl, listen, real quick. Girl asked my man the other day for $1,500. She knew him for like eight days. And I know the girl. She got a good damn job. She got a pretty good job. Like, she fucking like an auditor. So she makes good money. Straight asked my man for 15 I said, bro. He's like, I don't even know. He was so offended. He said, I don't know how to respond to this. I right. said, well, you got to figure out, you know, 
was she asking you because she genuinely needs it? Was she asking you to offend you? Or was she asking you for you to leave her alone? Because that's a woman thing, too, that they do. I mean, it's ask this motherfucker for a high sum of money. And if he give it to me, give it to me. And if he don't, then he just leave me alone and I'll be I done see, with I him. see women posting that a lot. Like, you want to get rid of a nigga, ask, ask for, for some money. money. And I'm like... Well, I, I don't. Or I don't just get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> or just be it like, ain't working. Or just be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just it blows my mind because it's like there's a woman in my life who I'll give anything to. Right. But I don't know you, bitch. It's it's <laughs> like that's the issue we have in here. We got good news and we got bad. We news. got good. What you want first? <laughs> the good or the bad? It's like that's the issue. Is that. Motherfuckers will do that, like you said, eight days in. I told you, my man, the bitch asking for a purse. It costs $2,500. He's like, all right, well, what's your last name? <laughs> like, let's start with the, <laughs> the basics before we the basics before we start going into me buying you $3,000 bags. How'd you end up single with two kids? Let's talk about your background a little bit. <laughs> Big Ricky said something yesterday at the cookout. He was like, uh... I was going to come to that. Shout out Rick Moore. I work with his pop. That's oh, my yeah. man. That's Rick, my man. Uh, he, he was like... He he was looking at all. He, he was checking. He was checking out everything that was moving around the cookout. He was like, "Man, but you know, I ain't really striking on nothing because ten minute, ten minutes of fun that I'ma have ain't gonna be worth the three years of headaches that they gonna bring to me. They gonna be asking me for all type of bullshit in the first week, and that's how it be." Like Who they, was saying this? Big Rick, senior, senior. <laughs> I'ma smack the shit out of him. Hey, man, I can't believe you. That's how it is, man. Rick fucks me up, man. Oh, shit. But, I mean, you got anything else you want to talk about? Stop asking strangers for money on the internet. Yeah. If it's not for a worthy cause, at least. Please. Please. (laughs) We got to do better. We got to do better. We got any questions? We got 10 minutes left. Uh, Let me go into here. Uh, Do you think... Okay, we got... Okay, this person sent three, four questions. Niggas be bored, man. Uh, do you think Drake's run slash wave is slowing down? And do you think Drake could or would make an album like four four four? Um, Drake's story is not Jay Z's story, so I don't think that he would make an album like that. Bingo. Um, Drake also he, isn't sixty. Yeah, he's uh his 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 issues with women have already been well documented through his discography from so far gone to present. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's still in Vegas. Yeah, real. he's still talking about Katia. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Shout out to Miss Cat. Like he's still talking about Katia in his music. So and, and Courtney from Hooters on Peace Street. Like he's yeah, documented and all of his dating and uh relationship issues, you know, historically, you know. So I don't think that it's time at all for a guy that's, you know, just turning thirty or whatever to make that type of an album yet. He's, you know, probably had to progress towards that. And, um, but, you know, Drake always be giving us little jewels, especially relationship related stuff anyway in his music. Um, do I think his run is slowing down a little bit? Um, I think that he has, has he's kind of intentionally like slowed down his output to make it more impactful when he does drop stuff as opposed to just putting out music all the time, flooding, flooding, flooding. And I just think he probably has a plan for himself that he probably want to rule the winner and he just gonna take the summer off that and he, he's doing a million other fucking things yeah. niggas hosting award shows and every fucking thing else Absolutely. are you guys 444 fans did yeah, you I'm like sure. the album a lot of albums I know I you a Jay Z fan yeah, yeah I know that that's, yeah, what, that's what the culture needed mm-hmm. I ain't gonna go that far but it's like uh, <laughs> don't, get, don't get me started <laughs> I got into a lot of uh, arguments this week over my Jay Z uh, comments last week oh about the album about yeah, I, was, the I, was, I was ready to rumble whoever <laughs> but it's like it, it is what it is. I think the album is good. 
I think it's very good. I don't think it's great. I think it's good. Very good. <laughs> I give it a, a, a B plus. Because I, I, I can't give a 60-year-old dude a, 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 a A plus for things that, one, I already have been asking for him to do. And the album to me just isn't long enough. And the production on it is a little like, mm, what do you, don't do that. You know so that. I did, no, so I do, <laughs> I do agree with the idea that I would have wanted two more songs. But the production on it to me is amazing. amazing. That's what carried the album for me. The production's yeah, the production really good. I, it's, it's, it, the songs ain't like, it's, a, it's Smile and 444 I think are very great. The, the, uh, Kill Family Feud? Family Feud is cool. Marcy Me is real good. But to join with Damian Marley, I was good. All that. I, I like was, that joint. I'm good on that. He, his, the bars on that song is a I'm talking about the beat. I'm talking about the production. Yeah, but then I don't like it. That I kept feeling like, yo, Hove don't really got nothing that you could translate to like the club or that I feel like that's that song. Like when we was in DC and that came on a day party, people yeah. was going crazy. Yeah, right. Like I mean, people like Jay Z. No, I'm saying just that the sound, the beat. The production of that song go over well in the club setting. We just gonna go back and forth. Yeah, we just gonna agree. I don't want to get on the whole way. All right, real quick. Do you think the following rap slash singers are done? Uh, Fetty Wap, Dej Loaf, Rich Homie Quan, um, Tanaje, Sha Glizzy. Um, Shot Glizzy not done because Shot Glizzy never really popped off yet. Other than that one record, Shot Glizzy an underground king, so he don't rely on the mainstream to, you know, to to carry his thing. He's still raking in fifteen twenty thousand dollars a month, so he don't really give a fuck. So, um, Shot Glizzy no. Dej Loaf has a dope pop ish record out right now that I think going to carry her. Fetty and Quan are done. So I think <laughs> Fetty is done. I'm actually going to vote that I think my man Rich Homie Quan got a chance. <laughs> you think Quan got a chance? I do. Real quick, uh, Lonzo's wearing Jordans tonight. I told niggas in my job today he was going to wear You know he's been going back and he forth. He for auditioning. Yeah, I knew he was going to wear Jordans tonight. And uh, he's fucking we, it up right now. As speaking a of Shark Glizzy, too, we got Shark Glizzy DJ. Um, DJ Flo. He on our he on this show. And we need Philly people to come to this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got the best section in the house for the Philly people. We reserved it for y'all. So hit me up for tickets or... Um, you know, call her. What, you want to give out the number? Yeah, go 267-496-8800. Y'all want to come down to the GZ show. It's going to be a great night. They explain that section to y'all. The section, ironically, is section 103. Um, and you know how that ties directly to GZ. It's literally right in front of the stage. Right so it's front. like maybe 90 to 100 seats that you are not even able to purchase online. These are tickets that we took that we wanted to be able to, like, make sure that we held for our home city. So, Philly. You could call the number, get in touch with me, DM the Dope Shows page. Dope Show is dope underscore shows underscore. You could get directly at me on Instagram. It's D-T-E-M-I-R. Um, hit Steph up. However it is that you want to get in contact with us. Like we said, these tickets are not available online. We wanted this to be something special that we did for our city. The drive is not that bad. Um, it's like an hour and 15 minutes to get to the harbor. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful venue. Beautiful. Um, something to do. It's like an average average night in Philadelphia. There won't be too much going on. So it's like something dope that we could put on for our city. And we're trying to put together um, some discounted, the, a specific hotel. It's, it's called the Pendry. It's an amazing hotel. It's like a vibe out. It feel like Miami when you're there. Like that's how crazy it is. So we're trying to get some discounted rate rates right now for our Philly people who come down. 
So we should be announcing something about that soon. That's what's up. Yeah. I need that. We didn't even pop the champagne. Oh, yeah, let's get to that now. Yeah. We got any more questions? Uh, We got a question about battle rap. The guy says, you guys talk uh, almost, at it, almost every episode about rap, but y'all never seem to mention battle rap or either one of you battle rap fans. I love battle rap, but the problem with battle rap is that it's it's a subgenre. It's not like it's not mainstream. Yeah. Um, mainstream people watch it and participate in it, but it's not like a mainstream thing. So um, I don't want to be on here giving like obscure references to like battle rap shit and nobody and it don't connect to the audience. Mm-hmm. So it's like I try to like curtail like my loaded lux in Hollow the Don repertoire, but yeah, I fucking love battle rap. I watch this shit all the time. I was watching uh the saga and pop Tink the, the Demon and Tink the Demon last night. So yeah, we gonna we gonna pop this champagne in in, in celebration of Dope Show Sports Show and our five hundred thousand downloads, man. We appreciate everybody out there supporting the show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like some, I we need I, some hand claps. Yeah, just <laughs> add some fake hand claps or something in there. It's like uh I, lo- I love battle rap, um, but like he said, it's like it- it's not a a mainstream thing. I-, I I was saying I wanted to go to a battle rap, but then I look in the crowd nah. and I'd be like, nah, I can't go to this show. It's a lot of. You some- talking about tes- charged up testosterone? Yo, the whole crowd of them Jones look like MOP. This even, shit is crazy. The even the chicks, they all look like <laughs> MOP. This shit is wild. That Billy Dan's a little fan. <laughs> Oh Lord! All right, uh, Lon- Lonzo got twelve points, five assists, three rebounds, and he's per- and he's perfect four for four. Uh, so in the second quarter, so you know we're all rooting for Lonzo. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Y'all y'all gave out the number. The number is two one five four nine six eighty eight eight thousand. Eighty eight hundred. Eighty eight hundred. I'm sorry. Good ass memory, man. Almost. I'm good <laughs> numbers. Uh, and uh, you check them out. Dope shows. Dope underscore shows underscore DTE Mir Vinny dot Chase. Uh, you know, hopefully y'all sell out. I, w- I wanted y'all to uh, come back to the city with something huge for us. Yeah, we coming for the Wells Fargo. Yeah, we coming. Speaking it into existence right now. Before yeah. the year over, we before the year over, we gonna do an arena. Hopefully, it's the Wells Fargo. That's what's up. That's how. That's how we would like Toasting to come to back to two million seat. downloads in the in the arena. Yeah, yeah, right right here. yeah a week. Shout out Black Poppy, man. You out here working, boy. You you yeah, want big Black Poppy, yeah, Shout out Black Poppy. He he killing he it, is man. Moving. He moving. Yeah, Rap yeah. Van coming soon. Uh, he, they just they just debuted his uh they just debuted his song on 107.9 the other day. Shout out DJ Amir. It and, took uh, me a year to get a rap. <laughs> yeah. Sitting pretty man, he, he not nice. playing, man. Black Poppy moving, man. Yeah. Black Black Poppy out here acting like amigo for real, yeah, for real. Yeah. He, he and it's dope is. because like he you he truly invested in his craft and he ain't asking for no handout no. and I can appreciate that mm-hmm. like that make you want to get that make you want to look out for him and make you want to give to him like he not even he not even somebody like I grew up with or somebody I got a long relationship with and we rap all the time just about like what he doing and how he moving yeah and we and it's the, dope to see and the thing is what people gotta understand when people see you constantly investing in yourself investing in yourself investing in yourself that's what's gonna make somebody give you an opportunity mm-hmm. when they see you already doing the work yeah. and building your brand like his followers going up yeah. the likes going Definitely. up all the page interaction all that shit man it's dope to see man I'm proud Steph to be a part of it we, Steph we, looking for an artist right yeah, now yeah we, de- we definitely looking for somebody to uh, put a push behind because y'all trying feel, to sign an artist not sign but like manage like i feel like the reach we got with these shows like is perfect like looking at sean g what he did for the roots i don't see why we can't do it for somebody like we, not maybe not I- to that level right away but like eventually 
I, I feel like we can. I always wanted to rap, low key. Yeah. Like that. Like I'm not trying to. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, man. Shoot your shot. No, I, I don't. I don't handle raps. Like I need a. I need a writer. Need a writer. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody write for me, I feel like I got the the personality and the passion. To be a rapper, yeah. I, always, I always wanted to do the shit, but I, I need a ghostwriter. I believe in you, remember, nigga. Memory is crazy. Right, real shit. I can remember Bone. I know Bone Thugs raps, so it's like you can rap. You can write fast shit, slow shit. I'm cool with all of that. So if I get a ghostwriter, I, I wouldn't mind like taking a stab at it. You know, putting a little little five song EP together. See what it do on iTunes. See where this goes. Yeah, fuck it. Like yo, think about it. Kanye became a rapper. Yeah, and a yeah. very big successful one. He was terrible at first. Plus, Look at Easy E. Easy yeah. E had to punch his shit one line at a time. Yo, mm-hmm. like <laughs> cruising down the street in my six four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, the, give me twenty minutes. I'll be right back. Be right back, man. We're gonna smoke a black. Yeah. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so we got another classic show in the books. I didn't realize we did two hours. That shit. Hell yeah, that shit flew, yeah. man. I appreciate y'all for staying the whole show, man. The champagne, everything. Yeah, for that, that was that um, was fly. It's a partnership, man. You know, y'all help us. Yeah. We help y'all. You know, it's, it's constant support, uh, you know, on both ends. We want this episode to top the last one. Like I said, our viewership been up just in general since uh, the last time y'all was here. And um, no, we're going to definitely continue to push it. We definitely, w- moving forward, we're going to still do the hosted show that we talked about. Yeah. So, yeah, with this dope All shows in the works, and man. realest podcast ever, this relationship won't ever change. We out. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.